Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade. And we ain't stopping now. Really? Live from the IMLD Home Studios. In its 10th season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your hosts, Jay and Dre. Let's try to bump us up a little bit. Jay just putting a pin in that balloon and firing all of that. You are indeed listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you, live on a Saturday night, October the 1st, 2022. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Jay can speak on it. Uh, he's the one that actually can talk about having the best and, and doing well. He, he went 10-6 and six last week. Uh, I went 5-11. and 11. All five of our head-to-head matchups he won. So look, he, he's the one. I got nothing to say. Jay, floor's all yours. Is it bad that I upset that I didn't go 12 and four because those prime time <laughs> games kicked us in the ass again. You would have really had a hell of a week of, uh, we could have come through on those night games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at, at that point I'm starting to look at it going, Oh man, I mean, I can get all the way back to 500 if, uh, you know, if, if I can hit this one, cause that would have, it would have been a, would have been, I'll still take 10 and six. That, that's, that's a good week by any measure. Anytime we hit double digits, that's a good week. I'm not complaining. But I just, you know, I hear that, I hear that intro, <laughs> and I think of the start that we both had. Because I had a, just a brutal first couple of weeks to start the season. The only thing that saved me was that you weren't much better, right? And you uh, made it all back. Got it all back. <laughs> I, I had snuck four games behind you after two weeks or three games. Yeah, four games because I won that first. Uh, that I won that Thursday night game, so I was three technically going into last Sunday, and then. Uh, swept Sunday, so yeah, I, I'll take it. Uh, I'm not going to complain. I don't think that gives me any, uh, any, any lease on on geniusness. But for for one week, it looked good. Well, uh, 21 and 27 for the season for me, and 22 and 26 for you. Uh, absolutely yeah. not anything to brag about. It, it certainly does kind of make the opening sound pretty dumb. But in our defense been a hell of a lot of upsets been a hell of a lot of crazy results this yeah. year just in the first three weeks uh, it, it seems like there's no getting a grip on anybody except for maybe two or three teams oh yeah they're definitely great and one or two teams oh yeah they definitely suck everybody else put them in a bag and jumble them up who knows yeah no there and, and last week was the the perfect uh the perfect example of that with all the undefeateds uh you know getting knocked out and, and the wild just some wild games, you know, things that we didn't quite to, uh, expect to go the way that they did, and, and and some things that we did. I just happened to be on the right side of the ones that we, uh, the ones that we disagreed on. And and yeah. I mean, on some of those, I mean, I'm getting three point covers on two and a half points for. So it's not like I'm just, you know, you just are dead wrong, and I'm <laughs> seeing it clearly um, on every single one of those. And sometimes you need those to come through in order to have a week where we can flip um, each other like that. 
Yeah, bear down, Chicago Bears. What, what can I say? Good, good on them, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know where don't in worry, the world we'll talk you... about them. We'll talk yeah. about them later because uh, <laughs> honestly, I think I could have given the Bears every single award that we give out. <laughs> they were the best, the worst, the smartest, the dumbest, the <laughs> what the fuck, the struggling. They, they they were doing all of it one game last week, so I had to figure out where am I going to settle on this one, but. I, I did settle somewhere to give them an award, but I lumped them in with some other teams um, that I'm giving the award to for one of the categories. Definitely not the best. Oh, why don't you tell us who your, your best of week three was? You know, since it's probably not going to happen too much, and there's other things from other games, because there were some crazy games and some questionable decisions. That, so there were some other good games. Um, but I'm going to talk about the team that, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. I'm giving it best of the week to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, go Jags. You're, you're playoff. Go, go Jags on the road, putting up 38 on the Chargers. Uh, you know, they knew where Justin Herbert was going to be the whole game. They had, I believe, 25 quarterback pressures on him in that game. They were just, so they were just teeing off, and they got up big, and then they just kept coming after him and coming after him. But to go on the road like that, you know, they hadn't won a road game in a long time, and to put up 38 on the road against a quality opponent, um, I don't know how many times this year we're going to be able to give the Jags the best of the week, but I'm going to give it to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And plus, yeah, it helps that I picked them to go to the playoffs this year too. So really, really close. They are uh, – a wink away from being 3-0, and which is, just sounds crazy to start the season. But you can definitely tell they're improved. Maybe they, you know, maybe they don't get there. Maybe they don't make the final playoff push. But they are definitely not terrible like they were last year. There's, there's quality players on both sides of the football for them. And they did exactly what you're supposed to do against a quarterback who has no business playing. Yeah, the, uh, the offense looks good to damn good, which is uh, a very surprising development the defense of course is getting after it um it helps when the the clippers decide to have their injured quarterback throw 45 times and 12 yeah. carries that that's I, I would not personally recommend that um i'm not a coach so you know what do i know but that just does not seem like the right thing to do that's actually my uh my dumbest of the week would be on that oh. game um, okay that because my I, I put a contingency on a clearly broken quarterback, and they said he's going to start, and I said, yeah, that's the guy I want, and which it, it should have been the other way around. If they went with a healthy quarterback, maybe they would have fared uh, a little better. I don't know. Um, I don't think they would have I mean, won. I don't think they would have gotten nah. blown out by four touchdowns. But right, yeah, it, it wouldn't have made up uh, twenty eight points. Um, and Herbert does, you know, go for 262, but why is he still playing at the end when it's clearly finished right. and decided? He's not throwing a 29-point touchdown. I, I don't think that exists. <laughs> so, yeah. Last I, I, I checked. So I can see you giving some stupid. Uh, there was so much stupid last week that actually didn't rank that. That didn't rank that high on my stupid uh, for last week. Um, so when we get to the, my stupidest, um, there was a lot of stupid last week. There was. And, and I want to just say to that Herbert, you know, I, I don't want to knock the hustle. He's clearly not right. 
He does not look like himself. Uh, he clearly, you know, broken rib cartilage, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. Um, he tried. He he, he tried he like hell and and didn't work out at all. Um, but but I don't want to make it sound like I'm completely trashing and coming down on him. He he gave it his his best effort out there. And it um, was it was just a improved version of what we saw in that Thursday night game when he actually got injured. It was just a right. better version of that, which was he'd look bad and then he'd just drop in a dime out of nowhere, and then he'd go right back to looking timid and bad and getting yeah. under pressure again. But, I mean, all the credit to Jacksonville, because 25 pressures, they pressured him more than half the time he dropped back. That's that's quite a bit. Um, yeah, that's that's on the Chargers not protecting their, their guy. That's one of their big issues coming into the season was uh, they needed to protect Justin Herbert better. It's not the – not the issue like the Bengals have uh, protecting Burrow, but it's still a, a big issue for the Chargers, and they, they obviously still got to work on that. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get now to the uh, the main event, the biggest story of the week, because it contains my best of the week and my worst. Oh, you've um, got them both course, in one game. I got them both in one game. Of course, that's the uh, Dolphins-Bills game yeah. from Sunday. Um, so I'll cover the best first, and – get that out of the way before we get to clearly what's the worst. Uh, the Dolphins' effort, man, and it, and it contributed to why I picked against them on Thursday, and you too. I believe we both uh, went against the the Dolphins on Thursday for the exact same reason, looking yeah. at everything they put into this game to beat the Buffalo Bills and thinking that they got to get on a plane and go somewhere and do this again three days later. Like, no, that's not yeah. happening. After, after doing that in that heat. And then, oh. I mean, people don't realize the Bills ran over 90 plays in that mm-hmm. game. Just dominated time of possession. Dominated. Yeah. Um, and, and somehow the Dolphins uh, come out with that victory. But they, the 41 minutes, 41 to 19 time of possession uh, in favor of the Buffalo Bills. The, the the defense was was just on the field the whole time and still giving their, their biggest effort. The game plan was to blitz. Uh, project uh, and and try to force the timing of their plays off and it, it worked but it didn't I mean obviously they kept staying on the field and, and converting yeah. first downs and beating blitzes but man they 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 had their chances to really put the Dolphins away with all that and still couldn't do it uh, yeah you got the big pass at the end that uh, Josh Allen bounces to Isaiah McKenzie in the end yeah zone and how little... many times is he going to do that. I mean, if you right. give him that throw a hundred times, he's he's doing that low complete, single digits. Right, should be complete ninety eight, ninety nine times, but just so much, uh, so so much, so much time on the field, so much pressure, so much, so many times that Allen got beat up and hit, and he just didn't. At, at the end, he didn't have it. He, he just his body gave out, and then and he short hopped the ball to a wide open player in the end zone, and that would have won the game. Um, after after, yeah, the, after a game that featured a punt off the dude's ass. <laughs> Right, one right. of the one of the funniest plays you'll ever see. That that even gets. I didn't even give it a word to that, so I just wanted to mention it. Neither did I, but it was just part of this crazy ass game. Yeah, um, it was there. It was a big. It was it was you know played up in the media and, and made fun of because it, it was very funny. But in the grand scheme of things, it really was kind of insignificant. But right. just the the effort of the Dolphins, man, I could not believe uh, how they kept coming and kept coming. They're they're blitzing. They're uh, sending pressure, guys are falling out on the field in between blitzes and cramping yeah, up it's and like 100 off. degrees down there. 
it, it gets hot in Miami in September. Newsflash. Yeah. It gets kind of warm down there. <laughs> and humid. A little oh humid, a little hot. Yeah, Stefan Diggs cramping on, on the other side as well. But they, they, they just kept coming. They would mm-hmm. not stop the effort. They knew what the, what the issue was, what the mantra was. Get after Josh Allen and disrupt the timing and make sure that if he beats you, he beats you. Don't just lay back and let him pick you apart. Go after him and get him and make him make the big mistake to to win the game. And I've, I, I'm going to credit the Dolphins for that short throw because I really think that's what happened was they beat on him so much in the course yep. of that game that his body just gave out at the end and he didn't have what it takes to, to make that wide open throw. So uh, the Dolphins – won that game. They took that game from the Buffalo Bills, and it's really crazy to say that a team that got beat 41-19 to in time of possession uh, and 447-212 to in total yeah. yardage, that team won the game and took it from Buffalo because they beat on Buffalo so much that they wore them down. It's and you unbelievable. Would see what they, they you would see that. those stats and just look at it and go, oh, the Bills must have been you know, like minus four. In the... No, they weren't minus – it wasn't even like the Bills were playing sloppy or that they were, you know, I, it was, it was, it was, I called it in my Twitter. Um, I called it the war of attrition when I picked that game. Cause that's basically what it was. Hmm. Yeah, well, it was. When I picked, um, when I picked the game for Thursday night, which was why both of us jumped off of Miami. Um, so uh, I'm guessing this leads into your worst of the week. Uh, it is. Are you on Facebook at all? Because your your mom just actually sent me a message that said that we're cutting in and out. So which is you know she no she said that last week too. And when I went back and listened to the show in the podcast oh. version, there were no problems. So, huh. so I, it could just be a live. It could just be a live feed issue. Um, right through Blog Talk Radio because I I. I've heard that in the past where she's sent me that, but if I hear you clear and you hear me clear, it tends to go on the podcast clear. So I was just about we'll to say just talk that, through that it. whatever uh, issues we might be having, at least we can hear each other perfectly fine. So I Correct. don't know. Uh, That's really all that matters. Because <laughs> we're, we're doing a show for the audience of two, right. me and you and anyone else who happens right. to be listening. Everybody else who just gravy. happens to be listening in, we, we love you. So, yeah. Um, but your worst of the week is my worst of the week as well. It is. And maybe it's that, double maybe it's amplified because we now have the hindsight of Thursday night. It was my worst before Thursday night happened. It yeah, it, it was, was so it obvious. Was, it wasn't necessarily my worst, but it was not one of my good awards. It was gonna be one of my bad awards and then Thursday night just cemented it for me. Um right. I'm guessing we're talking about uh, the Tua saga right now. So Mamalano uh, no, no, it's a back. His, his back was hurt. Was, oh, it's was, his back. I thought it was yeah. his ankle and his back. Uh, well, the, the 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 team said it was his back, I believe. Uh, well, I don't know oh. what they said in the moment, um, but yeah. after the game, they said it was his back that caused him oh. to hold his head and wobble and stumble. Um, Which wasn't even so a that, hard hit. I mean, it, it, all the I mean, the Buffalo defender kind of just like pushed him, but it was one of those pushes where he goes, you know, stumbling, rumbling backwards, and then pow, right on the back of the head. And he's, come on, he's, he was dumplings. Everybody could see it. Everybody. Everybody. Um, we, we've seen um, football, and I've seen it a lot in, in basketball, Goblin. where you don't hey, have to you, hit your... Wait, you got it? 
Oh yeah, I, I oh. had it a couple of years ago, I believe. Oh wow! Um, I could uh, have well, it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you it. have that. Oh yeah, we we we've seen it where you don't have to hit your head that hard, especially like on a basketball court when it's right. you know wood and and no protection, no helmet. But even with the the damn helmet. Uh, you don't have to hit your head that hard on the ground to knock yourself loopy because you're hitting your head on the ground. So that's what's going to happen sometimes when you hit your head on the ground, no matter how soft or hard it looks. No, I completely agree that Matt Milano didn't shove him very hard. Right. Um, but, he, but he hit the back of his head on the floor and, and couldn't stand up straight. And I don't know how anyone – I don't know what how many franchises would even allow such an obvious – uh, situation where he gets up holding his head and tries to walk and then stumbles and, and is and holds and then grabs his head again. This was not a back injury. Everybody could see that. Stevie Wonder could see it was not a back injury. But it ah, was, the uh, Dolphins have history with this. Mm, yeah, the, the, that's kind of what I was getting at was this this, this franchise. Yeah, um, they they don't. Uh, oh, poor Matt Moore, man. <laughs> I had actually forgotten about that before somebody brought yeah. it up on on Twitter, uh, that playoff game. I got... remember when that happened, I was pretty hard on that. Mm-hmm. That, no, it was, it was, that. that was uh, clear and obvious, too. Yeah. He thought he was Batman. I mean, right in front of the world to, to see. And the thing with Tua is uh, it, it's obvious that they're doing this that that, he, that they were doing is I'm going back to Sunday. I'm not. I'm taking Thursday out of it because that was just disgusting right. in a in a in a foreseeable uh, circumstance uh, because of them letting him go back and play uh, with the concussion and whatnot, and then get on a plane and then play three days later. You know, it, that's kind of obvious that something like that was going to happen. Everybody could have seen that coming as well. But just going back to the Sunday game, it's obvious that they allow this to happen because of how different. He looks playing football now in this offense with Mike McDaniel down there. They they were in this game. They were in this game with the, the vaunted Buffalo Bills, the undefeated juggernaut Buffalo Bills, uh, and that that's why they brought him back. I just knew he was not coming back after halftime. They go to halftime uh, after Project tries to the fake spike in, in Marino's house, and it didn't work because he bobbled the snap. So they go to halftime, and I'm thinking in my head, well, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater can do this. Uh, in the second half, they put up a hell of a fight in the first. There's Tua jogging down on the field for the second half, somehow cleared to return, and immediate play action, deep throw to Tyreek Hill. Is his offense, is his team, this whole thing is put together to to make him as viable as he can be as a quarterback, and that's Above all, why all of this happened is because Tua Tango Vailoa is finally playing good football. This does not happen last year because he wasn't that good. They would just go to whoever the backup was last year and and fend, and fend for themselves. But this is all because the Dolphins are decent at football, and, and that goes above everything. And that's what's the worst part to me. That's what makes it the worst of the week. And the most sickening of all is – I don't. I really, honestly, truly, and you can correct me if you think otherwise. I don't believe this happens at any other point in Tua's career because he wasn't very good. But because he's looking very good this year, right. that's why they go through all these. That's not a back injury. How stupid do you think people are? Yeah. I just, oh. And, and I mean, well, and it's the opponent. It's the game. It's basically right. the Dolphins decided we're going to win at all costs here, and and we're going to throw this kid back out there. Obviously, today they. Uh, 
you know, way after the fact, and in hindsight is 2020, decided to, uh, they fire the doctor. Oh, he made a mistake. Mm, like, this guy went rogue and, and made this decision all on his own? You're telling me right. nobody was lobbying for this? That, that, no. I think this is, had they've got to do with it. Uh-huh. Right, uh-huh. they've got themselves the fall guy here, and they're hoping, oh, look, we fired him. Everybody, uh, nothing to see here. I don't know if they realize how awful it makes them look that they went six days defending uh, and propping up and saying we went by the book and everything, all of our investigations of it, uh, everything was by the book, by the letter, um, and there's no impropriety. And uh, McDaniel standing up there and saying, I would never – put the player's health in jeopardy. That is not what yeah. we do here. Um, oh, wait, it, the doctor made mistakes and we're firing him. But it's all good now oh, because my. on the flight home Thursday night, they watched McGruber and laughed. And I, and I love how somebody uh, on Twitter immediately said, that's how we know he's really fucked up in the end. Yeah. Watch McGruber <laughs> and laugh. Hey, hey! That's, that's the CTE kicking in. <laughs> That's the we're telltale la- We shouldn't sign. be laughing about that. You know, and then I saw the play on but that, Thursday. But we're going to do got, that because that's what we He's do. lucky he didn't have Vontez Perfect coming after him. Oh, um, we'd be playing a got, right now. Yeah, but he got basically ragdolled on that play, and then he's just laying there, and I'm like, I was just flashing game signs, you know? This is what it looked like. He's throwing up crips yeah. and everything. Yeah, he it was, was like, oh, my for God. Coolio. <laughs> oh. Rest in peace to Coolio. Rest in peace, man. Um yeah, that was so disgusting to see that. You don't see that shit anywhere else but, like, MMA. No. Like, and then immediately, if I, I posted it today on Twitter. They saw you liked it right before the show. I was like, you know, no, no it was cold down on the field. <laughs> That's, That's what Joe, I'm not a doctor, but uh-huh. it is pretty cold. Getting a lot of text messages from family and friends about that scene with Parham Jr. and last thing we would ever do is speculate about any injury, especially that type. But when you see his arm shaking and his hand shaking on his way out, that's the part that's most unnerving. I will just add this. It is very cold, at least by Los Angeles standards, down on the field. And hopefully that was more the issue than anything else. Did we get the temperature in Cincinnati? That uh, Did we figure out? Uh, we don't want to overlook that. We don't want to rule anything out. It might have just been really cold on the field down there in yeah. Cincinnati Thursday it's, night. It's, it's really bad. That, that's where my brain goes. When no, mine happens. too. Yeah, okay. Because we're going to That's why I had the drop fired up. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah, that was the worst of Sunday, clearly. That, that was not a back injury. Get yeah, the hey, fuck out of Worst of the week, two weeks in a row. <laughs> Good on him. Oh, oh man. I got to see something tomorrow yet that or Monday that convinces me that I saw something worse than I saw on Thursday night. This whole this is an ongoing saga. Um, that that was bad and, Thursday. That was that was that yeah. was awful. Like and children watching that are probably traumatized because that's just uh, disgusting to see. Yeah, for both of us, it's the it's the worst of the week, and and it deserves to be. It, it does, and and the best of the week came from that game too because overshadowing all of that was. Uh, a great effort by the Dolphins to get that win. Yeah. Their asses off. They shouldn't have won the game because their quarterback should have been riding the pine, but they did They did truly sell out everything um, and, and to win that game. And I'm not, I don't want to see what the Bills do to them when they have their rematch in Buffalo. 
51 to 10. Uh, all right. Um, your, your smartest of the week. You know, we talked about this when we were making the picks last week, and I'm actually going to give this one to, to three teams, and it's the, it's the three teams that we talked about that needed to concentrate on running the damn ball, and all three of those teams ended up winning the game. That would be the Panthers, the Titans, and the Bears. Uh, the Bears did it kind of the weird way because David Montgomery <laughs> goes down, and then uh, Khalil Herbert comes in that just goes off in that yeah. game, which was, yeah, uh, which was, which was good to see. And Houston has that <laughs> very easy to run on defense. So that was, I would say very smart. I, I was tempted to give the bears the worst of the week. Uh, if it wasn't for that Tua situation, because Justin Fields did everything he could to lose that game. I mean, he's throwing balls right into the breadbasket of Houston defenders. I think they only threw the ball 10 times. Like, they did not want him to throw at all. Not and at then, all. of course, he drops back to throw, and he's just throwing the ball right to Houston multiple times. But still going to give them the smartest for at least them. And then the Panthers went back to Christian McCaffrey, filled up the stats. He didn't really didn't get into the end zone, but he had a lot of good runs, went over 100 yards. And then the Titans, even though Derrick Henry's efficiency isn't what it used to be, they committed to it, and all three of those teams ran themselves to victory. And uh, I, that's what we said they needed to do, and it was smart. You were all over the uh, the Bears not looking sexy and, and running over a very runnable Texans defense. You, you had that one completely locked up. Uh, Rokon Smith made the play to set up the game-winning field goal yeah, after looking the, iffy the all week. Yeah, there was a tip ball, and that thing just sort of helicoptered right into his arms. So he uh, 16 tackles on the game, too, yep. so that was a big veteran effort out of him. Yeah, 40 carries to 17 passes uh, by Chicago. They oh. don't they don't trust Justin Fields at all right yep. now, and, and I, I get it. I understand why. He's Did, not playing very well. If you watch him play, you know why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Titans they barely hold on. <laughs> they they didn't score at all after halftime, so they just yeah. basically had to cling to uh, to that lead with all their might, and uh, they, they they got lucky to hold on. But yeah, they did bully uh, the the Raiders as they should, uh, which is what they're supposed to do. So uh, absolutely, uh, kudos to to them for for doing that. By the way, that locked up the survivor pool at my job, which lasted three weeks. That's just crazy. There's only seven people, but even that, but that just shows the number of upsets. Three weeks it took to eliminate uh, six people and, and uh, leave uh, somebody who picked the the, the Titans. The, the and that was that raised an eyebrow for me when they picked the Titans because the, that Raiders game they were both zero two going in. It's like how can you trust either one of those right now? Somebody's got to win. <laughs> Unless they tie, but the Titans come away with uh, with the dub barely. Um, yeah, and the person that got eliminated picked the best team in football, picked the the Buffalo Bills. Oh man, I, yeah, I what, did not. I would what a not gut have punch! Huh? That was that was you didn't you and I uh, we did not have the oh the, no I had the Chiefs lock. Oh god, I had yeah. we'll talk about them later. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean the the Jets was my log. That was uh, that that's hey, my dumbest. You know, you I'm get the, one up the on me. You just start me. feeling it. Oh yeah, 
Uh, I'm going <laughs> to call my shot, baby. I'm, I'm locking up the yeah. jet. Well, you know what? They're six and a half point dogs. I've got them to win, so I'm like, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. No, that's that's the the dumbest of the week for me. That's the, the what the fuck. That's the Jets last year and lose like three. Uh, I, I hope it wasn't that many, but yeah, I, that's not the first time I've tried that. That's um, okay. So, what was your smartest of the week? Um, you know, it 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 it, it revolves around running, and it's not one of the three games you just mentioned. So that's kind of uh, funny oh. that we both honed in on on running the football. Um, as being very smart. Uh, Monday night, we've been talking about the Cowboys for a couple of years as far as uh, how much they want to trust and believe in Ezekiel Elliott still being Ezekiel Elliott, and clearly he's not Ezekiel Elliott anymore. And we also have agreed that Tony Pollard isn't exactly the, the bell cow. You don't want to give him the ball 25 times either. So I think we both have always seen it the same way. You, you gotta you gotta split it up. You gotta give them sort of equal bearing and go with a hot hand from there or whatever. But you, you can't just give Zeke the whole enchilada. You can't give Pollard the whole enchilada. You gotta split them and and see what you got. And they finally came up with that on Monday night. Uh, Zeke 15 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. Pollard 13 carries 105 yards. Uh, so they go for 176 on the ground. Uh, beat the Giants 23-16, to 16. Uh, that, that's what you're supposed to do. You got Cooper Rush back there. He, he can't lose. He's the, the undefeated backup quarterback. But that's what you got to do. You got to rely on the run because you got a, a backup quarterback. You got a random Allen back there. But you can't just rely on Zeke because he's not Zeke. But you, can, you cannot put the ball in Zeke's hands 25, 30 times. That, that era is over with. His body is not what it used to be. And uh, he's just not that guy anymore. But if you split them up, you keep them both fresh, you rotate them in and out, that's what the Cowboys can do. So Mike McCarthy finally got smart, finally figured out what you're supposed to do with that backfield. Uh, I, I have a lot more confidence in the Cowboys going forward because it looks like they're finally being smart and, and doing what they're supposed to do on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. And there are not that many times that we will talk about Mike McCarthy during the smartest <laughs> segment of our show. Um to, to talk about that, it seems like they kind of figured something out about the running game. And then also, you know, I've been talking about your boy General Mills being uh, second in the league behind Tom Brady as far as getting the ball out quick, right? Yeah. Well, General Mills is now third in the league in getting the ball out quick because Cooper Rush moved into that number two spot. Tom Brady's still number one. Nobody's going to get the ball out as quick as Tom Brady because he just doesn't want the ball and he's got a crap old line. But, yeah, so maybe now the Cowboys are working into that, hey, we've got the running game. Now we can do a lot of, boom, play action, get the ball out quick. So Cooper Rush moved all the way ahead of General Mills in that time to get rid of the ball uh, stat, which is just mind-blowing to me that he gets the ball out so fast, about two and a quarter seconds per throw. No, and it's a and it's a, a good thing to do. Uh, you're not going to really sit back there and wait for your targets to go flying downfield. Right. You you know, outside of um, CD Lamb, you don't really have guys that can go flying downfield uh, on the Cowboys. No, he is so. their offense. Yeah, uh, and it would have even they would have been. He had just a killer drop in that game too, but he made up. For oh it. yeah. And then yes, the Giants did. lose, and then the Giants, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard perpetually injured blows his 
uh, you know, yeah. at the end of that game. Uh, well, now he's done so uh, for the that year. That turf might be the, uh, the the new veteran stadium uh, in New York. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to be but, taking uh, souls. Uh, stupidest of the week. But there were a lot yeah. of ways I could have gone on this one. I'm giving this to the Lions play calling in in the fourth quarter of a game that they, they clearly had won. Dan Dan Campbell, I, I understand you want to bite ankles or bite knees or do whatever you do, but it seemed like whatever they came up with late in that game on fourth down calls was always the wrong one. And I know it, you can always go hindsight is twenty twenty, but you, you, you pass up field goals when they're short, then you try them when they're long. None, nothing works out. Uh, and the, they let the Vikings come all the way back and, and win that game. But the Lions covered, so they are now 3-0 and bread to start the season. So even though they're 1-2 straight up, so they've got the they've got the Falcons record now, 1-2 straight up, but 3-0 and against the spread. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't too, wasn't too impressed with what the Lions were doing late in that game. They, did, they looked like a team that was trying to lose or, or trying not to lose. And we know what happens when you play not to lose. Yes, exactly. And uh, they, the, did, they didn't know what they could. They didn't know what to do with the lead. They just did, couldn't quite figure out putting the foot on the throat of a better team. And, and that's what's going to happen. I mean, the Lions are on the way up. They've at least already got a win. It took them, what, 14 weeks last year to get one or 13 right. weeks to get. So at least they've got one already, but they, they lost a winnable game and, uh, as, as, as much as we've admired them for their grit and their gumption and their their ankle biting or whatever it is that they're you know and their goofy gritty coach, they they gagged one up here because they're the Detroit Lions. Lions yeah, gonna lie in. I know they lied the hell out of that game. It's, it's hilarious that we both uh, got that win because just keep taking the Lions and big points, um, yeah. and that then we both have an award for what happened where the Lions couldn't put that thing away because they should have won the game straight up. Uh, that didn't get my dumbest. It got my biggest letdown of the week because you're oh, right okay. there. Yeah. Dan Campbell blamed himself after the game for the long Good. field goal uh, miss that set up Minnesota for the comeback win because he knew they, in hindsight – and that makes him the second coach this year to actually come out after the game and say, you know, now that I think about it, I shouldn't have done that. So we're getting a little more honesty with these newer coaches, I guess. So I guess that's, a, that's a good thing. But, no, he, he blamed himself for doing that because that put Minnesota in perfect uh, position to get that short field and, and get that comeback victory. It's a letdown because you're you're right there. You're this is why you're the Detroit Lions you, because you keep getting right there and finding a way to not get over the hump and get a W. Will they overcome and, and find a way to win those games in the future under Dan Campbell? They might. They might not. They may. They may never. But this is why they're the Lions because they just they, they keep getting this close. They keep looking like they're on the verge of turning the corner and then they never turn the corner. The corner turns on them and slams them into the curb. Um, so that was my letdown. Like they, they could have won that game uh, very easily. They yeah, because I think won that game. if we pull the tape, I think we actually both liked the Lions to spring that upset, and we were looking pretty good. It, it was right there. So that was that was my letdown of the week. Okay. So uh, um, I had the Vikings stupidest. straight up, but I but I knew the Lions were gonna gonna cover that. So what do you have as your stupidest? 
Um, I'm the stupidest for locking the Jets. Um, oh, I also, give it to yourself. All right. Yes, I was the stupidest last week because I locked the New York Jets. What the fuck was wrong with me? Um, and I'm also the stupidest because I have a contingency on the hurt <laughs> Clippers quarterback. So I was the dumbest twice last week. Uh, honestly, I liked my Jags pick no matter who the quarterback was in that game. So the only question for me was, was were we going to agree or disagree? And then when it was announced that Herbert was starting, I, I actually kind of thought that was a win already for me. I, and I don't usually get that confident about picks, but I knew he shouldn't be start. I, I assumed through the whole early slate that he wasn't going to start, right? And you and I would just be tied for the season. And then that, that one felt like a gift. I, I would never have thought uh, 38 to 10, but I'm the, I'm definitely the Jaguars hater right now this year. I would have never uh, imagined the Jaguars doing that to the to the Chargers pretty much under any circumstance. I, I think the Chargers might have actually fared better if they didn't use uh, Herbert last week. No, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they would have won, but I, I think it would have been a little bit more competitive because the Jags, just, like I said, they just teed off on him. Uh, so your, what was your biggest surprise of last week? Uh, you know, I'm giving it to the Eagles again. This this elite run that they're on, and through three weeks, they are elite. Uh, they're undefeated, which I don't think anybody else can say right now. And they are playing an elite level of offense and defense right now. Now, they haven't really played anybody, so they're doing – but, again, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're beating the teams that are out there in front of you. You know they've beaten the but the Lions and the and the the Washington Washingtons and uh, oh, I forget who the third team was but they, they haven't exactly been playing you know the best teams in football but they're embarrassing the hell out of people and, and, and making it Monday night and, weirdness against the Vikings yeah. or Minnesota just forgot yeah, how to whooped, play football the hell out of them too and yeah. Uh, yeah they're they're just they're doing it in a lot of different ways and that offense is dynamic right now so they continue to surprise me because we were both on the washingtons uh last week that did not go so well no it didn't and that's why we read off each other's notes for the surprise of the week what the hell got into Devonte smith and the philadelphia yeah. eagles but it's somebody uh, different every week with that eagles team and that's what's surprising right you have aj brown dominating and then right. defense is key on him, so they just say, okay, Devontae, your turn, and he goes eight for 169 in a, in a touchdown. I hear like, he's pretty the, good. <laughs> like, where the heck did that come from? And then maybe even more surprising is uh, all the talk that we said about, look, the Eagles, they need, they need to find a way to generate some pressure. They draft your boy Red Stripe. they you know, so weak on, on generating some sort of quarterback heat. So what do they do? They yeah. go get Carson wins nine times. I, I – where did that come yeah. from? So, yeah, definitely biggest surprise on, on my end as well. We are in lockstep on that one. Oh, so we're both the same on the surprise of the week. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess my biggest let, biggest let down of the week was the 12 rushes for 29 yards performance out of Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay, Green Bay, quote-unquote, game. There was another quote-unquote game on the schedule, too, I got to talk about yet. Um, That was weird. The Packers came out firing. Um, You know, I 
still uh, president and uh, sole member of the Romeo Dobbs fan club, and he, he balled out in that game, caught a touchdown, was their top receiver on the day. Everything looked great. And then they have that fumble at the goal line, and then Green Bay's offense just went stagnant. And the Bucks just couldn't get anything going the whole rest of that game. Um, we were both on Tampa in that game. I, I The only way you can attack the Packers is on the ground. You have to give Leonard Fournette in a close game more than 12, 12 tries. Because <laughs> against a weak running defense, which if you look at the Packers' defense, the only place they're weak is against the run. At Tampa just decided they're just going to throw the ball around with Tom Brady and, and guys because I mean, he was throwing to a bunch of whole bunch of nobodies and junk out there, and their drives were just, just painful to watch. They finally get that one drive, and it looks like they could get that game tied. And uh, credit to whatever Aaron Rodgers saw in the Jumbotron. <laughs> I still want to know what it was. Um the, the, the mystery tip that he was able to give the team and you know, trying to get the uh, scoreboard operator fired in Tampa. But what, whatever it was, if it was the tip that helped them recognize a play or do something, but, you know, give it, give it to the Packers, give it to Devondre Campbell for being as tall as he is because he was able to, to just stretch out and get a finger on that ball and secure that win for the Packers. But the only way you can compete against that defense right now is to, to run it down their throats. The bears did it, you know, uh, other teams can do it. it. Yeah. The the, the Tampa did not commit to it. And that was clearly their pathway to victory and uh, kind of a letdown there expected better out of them. I I see that Um, the the reason the Packers overcame the Bucks and won that game was because Romeo Dobbs out of all that, uh, wide receiver <laughs> talent that the Buccaneers are supposed to have. Yep. Romeo Dobbs was the best wide receiver on the field. My guy. And that, that's that's just sad. Like that's the best receiver on the field on, on both teams. That's that's sad. The the whole game was sad. Like these, these two lions and two you know two goats supposed to be meeting at quarterback, and neither one of them looked like they could really do much out there. And oh, it, it was uh, it was it was a hard watch. Um, but yeah, the Packers found a way, and then and the Buccaneers didn't. So but we shouldn't have been surprised because of who Tampa was running, you know, out there at receiver with all the injuries and Mike Evans being suspended. Um, but I, you know, I'm just on the uh, I'm not I, I wasn't trusting the Packers until they proved it to me. Um, and I don't I don't I don't know if Romeo Dobbs proved it necessarily, but I, I will say that you know he, he looks pretty good and. Uh, Aaron needs something. Aaron Rodgers needs somebody to look halfway decent uh, because all the rest of those guys are just kind of meh right now. They're guys. They're guys. Yeah. So he needs somebody to not be just a guy. Tom Brady, though, was dealing with, like, less than guys. Right. He was dealing with Cole Beasley. I mean, they dug up the bones of Kyle Rudolph to make a couple of catches in that game. <laughs> wow. It, it was It was desperate out there. So uh, you might want to queue up some Joe, some Joe for me here. I've got my my, my struggling award here. Oh no, <laughs> Joe, struggling. Uh, yeah, I'm giving that to the Kansas City special teams. Uh, <laughs> they were struggling uh, mightily in that game without Harrison Butker to the point where they just had no clue what to do. 
even late in that game, they passed up a fairly short field goal try that would have put them up seven against the Colts and ran one of the worst fakes you might ever see. It was bad. <laughs> like, that's what they decided was a better play call than just trying to kick the field goal to go up seven. They were so afraid to send that guy out there who just kept missing kick after kick that they would rather run a completely inept fake than just try to kick the field goal to go up seven. That loss was uh, – Indy stole one because Chiefs didn't have their kicker. That's the end of the story. I don't <laughs> want to hear about anything other – you know, Matt Ryan, and they, they were gutty. No. The Chiefs left tons of points on the table through their special teams, at least nine of them with two missed field goals and then whatever the hell that field goal botched uh, fake was. They left a lot of points on the field. The Chiefs were the better team. Indy just kind of snuck one out. Um, but that Kansas City special teams was struggling. Uh, the rookie Sky Moore is part of that struggling. Oh, yeah, and right, and, and right, muffs a punt right down pretty much in the shadow of his own goalpost, too, on top of all the missed field goals. So, yeah, Kansas City special teams. Yeah, they, they left that. <laughs> Uh, that that's led to the L, really. Uh, the muff leading to the touchdown, the yep. uh, other, the, the fake, yeah, everything uh, went wrong for the Chiefs uh, as far as their special teams go. I was looking at that game and just going, how terrible were were the Chiefs at running the football too? Under no circumstance should Pat Mahomes ever lead the Chiefs in rushing. Uh, he was their leading no. rusher Sunday. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a very odd game. Um, Chris Jones shit talking uh, Matty Ice on third down after they got off the field, getting a personal foul uh, flag that extended to the game winning drive for the Colts. So the Chiefs found about three or four ways to fuck yeah. that game up, uh, which is why for me they were the the what the fuck award for me. Like how did you find a way to oh. lose that game? <laughs> They, they tried different ways to fig, figure out how can we, okay, let's run a horrible fake field goal. Let's have our guy muff a punt. Uh, let, let's not have any running attack at all. And then on the last drive, we might get off the field. Nah, let, let's talk some shit and get a personal uh, foul flag and get a, and keep that drive going. That was just all sorts of the game, And then Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy are fighting on the sideline and, and arguing yeah, and that, that getting whole, into I it. I know the, Col- the Colts were that. 0-2 team or 0-1-1 team that just couldn't go winless to start the season, you know, or 0-2-1, but they didn't do shit in that game. That was a <laughs> Chiefs meltdown from start to finish. They just had a bad day at the office. That's what it was. They were struggling. If they played 10 times, the Chiefs probably win nine of those. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and if Harrison Butker's out there, it's game over. Yes. Multiple times. Uh, they they got rid of whoever that kicker was, but they got to get a new substitute kicker because Butker still isn't ready, unfortunately. So he's he's really struggling. Yeah, well that's that's such a you know backup kicker, a pretty expendable yeah. job. That that's like that's like Dolphins doctor. <laughs> oh man, pretty easy to be the fall guy. <laughs> Just saying, Bills punter. Um, back to the uh, Buffalo Miami game as well uh, for for my struggling. Was anyone struggling at the end of that game more than Ken Dorsey? Struggling. Oh, man. <laughs> his struggle was real. Oh, he lost his shit. Just I throwing like that. his Fiery, playbook and slamming it. Right, right. Okay, sure. 
That's why somebody had to come in and cover up the camera while he was going through all that because he was so grindy and fiery you know, and passionate. The league only would have been mad, though, if he threw a Surface tablet. <laughs> right. <laughs> which he didn't do. You can destroy all the paper you want because right. international paper is not one of the NFL sponsors as far as we know. Uh, but, but oh, those tablets? Oh, no, those Surface yeah. tablets? Yeah. That's a no-no. That's that was a, a nuclear meltdown in oh. the booth. Lost everything. The last drive where uh, the the Bills are trying to again the Miami pressure, the the blitz, yeah, uh, forcing uh, the throw to Isaiah McKenzie who, who stayed in bounds, and uh, Buffalo trying to run up, and it wasn't as bad as Dallas in the playoffs. It wasn't Dak deciding to run the ball with no time on right. the clock and trying to clock it, but uh, the same principle where Buffalo tried to run up the clock it and just ran out of time, just were, wasn't able to do it before the clock hit zero. And yeah, Ken Dorsey's reaction to that was, oof. Uh, he, he was he was big time struggling. Probably needed about seven or eight aspirin on the yeah. way home. Well, I think he knew what we all saw was that the Bills lost a very very similar to Kansas City, but without as much stupidity. That the Bills <laughs> lost a winnable game. Yes, a game in which they dominated in time of possession, dominated in yards. Yeah, they very yeah. easily could have held that off. That and, and again. If you tell me before the game that the Bills are holding the Dolphins to 21 and they're missing every secondary player in the, on the roster, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they win by two touchdowns. Yeah. Not that they lose. Crazy. So for for my what the fuck, I actually need Lombardi for this one. Uh-oh. Not Danielle? This, is, this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't Danielle. I need Lombardi for this one. What the hell's going on out here? Uh, that is my reaction to the entire Niners-Broncos game. One of the worst things I have ever seen committed to tape or video or live action football. That was a disaster (laughs) in live, in live action. That was a train wreck in slow motion. Any way you want to describe something awful happening. It should have been 11 to nine because then we could have said it was football nine 11. It was awful. (laughs) It was it set football back a long way. That game was absolute dog shit. I actually felt like I had wasted part of my life. Game was over. Like, what did I just watch? The Broncos at home again getting booed because I don't – honestly, they've got the Tecmo Ball offense. They've got four plays. <laughs> run one, run two, pass one, pass two. That's pretty bad. Somebody needs to get that coach and tell him you can have more than, like, four play calls. I I feel bad for those fans having to watch that. I felt bad for the fact that we picked the Niners, who, what the hell were they doing? I'm not even going to crap too hard on on Jimmy G for stepping out of the back of the end zone on that, because he had a guy rushing right in his face. Yeah, uh, but you it still can't, like he just you can't pull an Orlovsky, man. He sauntered out the back of the end zone, you know? You know, he had a dude running straight at him, and he tried to get – thank God, because he almost ended up he almost ended up being a pick six. It should have been a pick six, yeah. Way. So thank God he stepped out. But that that whole game was just trash. Yeah, it, it was. And uh, I was observing during – not knowing what the result was going to be in the, you know, the end result, but I was looking at uh, Garoppolo and just sort of mentally comparing – the offense under him to what Trey Lance was trying to do. And I'm like, wow, the timing, the confidence, yards after catch it. 
okay, here come the Niners again. This is yeah. what they were doing last year. They were being creative. This is clearly a much better offense right now under Jimmy Garoppolo. And yet, at the same time, that Orlovsky play and the rest of the game yeah. sort of sums up why they were trying to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, even though they looked like they had a lot more confidence and a lot better run offense with him. He's also right. prone to doing shit like that. Well, that's the thing <laughs> and, with Jimmy G is – He's one of these high floor, low ceiling quarterbacks, and unfortunately, they're those are both mid. <laughs> right? He he's not it's, that bad, but he can only get so good. Right. If this is a ten story building, he's on the fourth floor, but he'll never go above the fifth. <laughs> oh man! So oh, right, that, that that's Jimmy G right ringing, there. It's not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yes, he is. He is the definition of mid. He's a right. I, I mean, that's what that's what you're gonna get. He's good enough to win a lot of games, but he's not quite gonna get you there, you know. And, and that's why they had. That's why they were making. That's why that they move, tried they to move on. It. That's why last week I gave Kyle Shanahan my stupidest award for going out and getting his quarterback killed. <laughs> and for the Broncos, I still. I, what are they doing? Right. If he's that, what's Russ right now? I'm not even going to blame Russ. Russ's metrics are fine. He ain't even looking deep right now, though. He, which he is funny because he's actually got a pretty decent depth of target. He's not that bad. He's not the best, but he's middle of the pack. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks we would think should be better. Uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah, has but... one of the worst ones in the league, by the way. His, his depth of target's like four yards right now. Um <laughs> Russ is around seven and a half, eight. So he's throwing the ball. You know, Cortland Sutton can go deep. He had that one big bomb to Judy. Right. Everybody, oh, there it is, the Russ bomb. Right. But that's what I'm looking I, for. I, I, More. I of just that. don't know what their offensive like strategy is. Like, what are they trying to accomplish other than punts? We don't. How many? Man, we had some punting in that game. Some uh, excellent punting. That excellent. Broncos punter. Yeah. Let's give a shout out to him. I forget his name. That's how excited I was for him. But I, I uh, don't know it either, but I know you're special teams player of the week. That kid put six inside the twenty Corliss Waitman. Wow, punter love. There's it. There's the Corliss a name. Waitman. Six punts inside the twenty. No, he punted ten times. <laughs> And, and of those 10 punts, none of those went into the end zone. No touchbacks on 10 punts. Punter love. I mean, that's what you factor in the what the Niners were not able to accomplish offensively. Their drives were all starting at the two. <laughs> I mean, how much of that directly translates into that safety? That that one that definitely translated that one uh, uh, safety, that, that stepping out of the back of the end zone was because yeah. they were starting so backed up. That's yeah. absolutely the true. The two-inch line. So, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give some – there you go, some punter love for, for Corliss Waitman. He deserved to be the special teams player of the week. Wasn't that kid in Kansas City? Uh, no, not, not at all. Um, so yeah, that, that that wraps up our awards. Uh, Matt we have Amendola. Any... They they might have done better with Danny Amendola kicking field goals for them. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt is is back on the street now after that. Uh, so lost in the shuffle. Uh, uh, another 
great Lamar effort? We have any comment on right, that at all? Right, we didn't even or? talk about that game. Uh, it's one of the ones I got over to you. But mm-hmm. then Lamar's, I mean, he's playing for a contract. That's all I can say. Jesus. What else can <laughs> he's his, he's his, I mean, maybe he is his best agent. Four passing touchdowns and then another 107 yeah. yards rushing on the ground. He's just trying to do it all. I, I mean, him and Mark Andrews, all. I mean, that, that's that's better than Mahomes and Kelsey right now. Right. Well, the, you got to know where your know, bread is buttered. And, and let's not, I mean, we, we, the Ravens, yeah, they scored 37. They made a 300-yard passer out of Mac Jones in that game. So that Ravens secondary is still is just trash. It is terrible. Four. But all the love in that game, because the, the Patriots, that wasn't just an auto cover. They they kept coming back and coming back and coming back because no. the Ravens were just giving up the booty left and right. Yeah, 447 total yards for the Patriots offense. Yeah, because they were running it never thought too. I would have seen that. Yeah. They're both and running they back played well in that game, too. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. So, But we got to give Lamar a little love, so we did talk about that game. Um, it's, you know, it's funny because with all these awards, we actually covered almost every game. Yeah, the the ones we didn't cover, not too much uh, to, to mention about that. Uh, Saints led a good. Saints had a good Jameis outing with the bad back and still lost. You can't. That, that's the worst to me uh, when you. Yeah. Well, this, they, you know, they shouldn't be sending them out there. What's really not being talked about? Well, maybe we'll talk about it when we pick tomorrow morning's game. But the the Saints defense ain't good mm. right now. Yeah. And they're yeah, not getting after they they're not rushing the one of the worst pass rush teams which you don't expect to see and they're getting run on. Uh, Saints are just a mess. Yeah, maybe uh the Saints could have gotten struggling. Yeah, yeah well, the Saints are a crazy fourth quarter comeback away from being 0 and 3 right now. Uh, and the the Panthers actually found balance uh in that game as well. That, that That's why I gave them one of my smartest awards where they yeah, actually was... leaned on that running game and promptly got Christian McCaffrey hurt. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but no, it was McCaffrey 25 carries and Baker 25 passes. If they could do that every time, they, they would have a shot. They would have they, a, they, a you shot. know what they'd end up? They'd end up eight and nine. Probably about 500. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. They have to do that to even have a shot at 500. If they don't do that, they can't even get to 500. So Right. Uh, Falcons played a nice, fun, bad game. I, I still have them as my fun, bad team. Uh, they're scoring 27 points a week. You said they would uh, they would get a lot of yardage. The, the, the they're putting up points. Them, them and the Seahawks played a, played a pretty healthy back-and-forth game, and that was pretty much, you know, one of those last team with the football type games, which was about what I expected because their defense is bad. So both teams have no defense. Both teams were moving the ball. And uh, Atlanta just happened to be, and we both were on the Falcons in that one. So not too many times this year we're going to be able to say a lot of good things about them, but they they had a nice game. Seattle let Geno Cook 45 times. Like you're not winning a game when you let Geno Smith throw 45 times. I'm sorry. No, Geno Smith has like a, he's got the Sam Bradford line going right now because I think he's leading the league in completion percentage. He's at like 78% completion. So he's getting the ball to the, to the receivers, they're just not making plays or is not getting de- uh, deep downfield at all. Right. Yeah. Or he's dumping off, you know, right. or, you know, he's finding one of his like nine tight ends. It seems like that team has, <laughs> um, I almost gave my letdown to the Rams this week. We didn't talk about the Rams. Mm. They should have blown the doors off the Cardinals. It, 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 I, they didn't really do much. That was a bad game. 
Yeah, it was. And then the Cardinals could really use some weapons other than Hollywood Brown. They had five drops in the first half. They had six drops yeah. in total. Uh, yeah, the the Rams eat that one out, but they probably could have won that by three scores. Well, that actually means we've talked now something said we have said something now about every game. Well, there you go. And still got a, a full hour to go to, to make our picks. We That's might actually right. be on time two weeks in a row. Don't I bite your tongue. tongue. Yeah, sorry. I just jinxed it. Um, all right, let's uh, get off on a good foot and try to get this thing in in time. Let's get the uh, plugs out of the way uh, for the next couple of minutes where you can listen and hear where you can listen to this show on podcasts. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and look through our archives, or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. I'm wondering how you're feeling coming off of you, you sweep me, you go 5-0 and against me last week, you got the season lead by game, what... Uh, what are your feelings for your, your picks for week four here? Are you feeling confident in these? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> How often do you follow up a really good week with another really good week doing this? It's, this is a very humbling thing we do. <laughs> very. Um, yeah, I shout don't out ex- to... Yeah, I don't expect to have a week. I don't expect to ever have one of us go run the table on the other. It doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, definitely anyone who picks every single game uh, every week like we do. If yeah. you're uh, going, you know, over 500 every week, more power to you. God bless you. I don't know how you do it, but uh, especially this season, this oof, this has been yeah. the craziest. This might be the craziest uh, three week start to a season. Just teams that are like, how do you go? Uh, how how do the Colts get their? Uh, as beat the week before by the Jaguars and shut out and then come back and beat the Chiefs. How the hell do you – who's predicting The Chiefs beat that? themselves. 
That was that was that was that was the like that was like an own goal in soccer. What the <laughs> Chiefs did, that was awful. I mean, if this was if the Chiefs played in Brazil, they would have been murdered when the plane landed. <laughs> okay, well, we'll try to sort things out and figure out how to uh, improve on what we did last week in Week Four. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel very confident about my picks either, but uh, nor should I after uh, pulling yeah. what I pulled last week. All right, we will get started. Back in England uh, at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium tomorrow morning, as you mentioned, uh, with the Saints and Vikings. New Orleans one and two, Minnesota two and one. Um, I think this is New Orleans' home game is being stolen from them uh, yes. for the purpose of uh, England. Um, but of course, I, as I consider it, neither team is at home because they're in England. They're not at home. They're clearly uh, not at home. So they're both playing road games, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, a lot of injury issues in this one. Dalvin Cook has a separated shoulder. The Vikings running back, he's going to try to play through it. Uh, the safety Harrison Smith set to return from his concussion. Um, as far as the Saints go, uh, I'm sure all of you has already heard that. Jameis Winston's uh, broken back will finally get some rest this week. Red Rifle steps up QB1. and gets the start. <laughs> Andy Dalton, that's right. Andy Dalton, the starter at QB for the Saints tomorrow, and he will not have Michael Thomas uh, as receiver. He's out with a foot injury. Uh, on the road or at home, whatever you want to call it, uh, Vikings are the favorite. They are minus three and a half versus the Saints. Yeah, the only reason, the only reason I am not locking this game up for the Vikings is just because of that London factor, because weird shit happens in London. Um, I'm still taking the Vikings. They're clearly the better team in this spot. They're the healthier team. And as I was talking about last hour, that Saints defense through three weeks has been brutal. So they're not getting they're not getting after the quarterback. Kirk Cousins if they can't if they're not gonna get after him, he's gonna have all day to throw. The Dalvin Cook injury doesn't even bother me that much because Alexander Madison is a is a competent backup. He's a good game to game backup because on end he's not somebody you want to rely on, but he's good enough in a game situation to hold up. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and feel I pretty confident here that I'm not locking it up, but I'm going to take the Vikings and give the points. I'm, I'm not taking, but because it's London, of course, Dalton's going to throw for four touchdowns and weird shit's <laughs> going to happen. But uh, if it goes the way it should go, I think the Vikings handle this one pretty easily. I'm not locking either, but I feel pretty confident in the way I see this game as well. I bet Red Rifle plays better than Javis with his badass back. Um, guy's been guy's hurt. Got a four broken bones in his back. I bet Andy Dalton comes out and throws. I'm not going to say 400 yards and, and four touchdowns. But I bet he plays better <laughs> than Jameis. And the Vikings uh, offense uh, on the other side looks so promising after that first game, after the Green Bay win. And everyone has decided since then to just smother and key in on Justin Jefferson. And the Vikings have not made any adjustment. They look terrible. The uh, Saints defense may not be. Uh, any great shakes right now, but I bet you Dennis Allen will scheme up and also smother Justin Jefferson. And I bet you the Vikings still don't have an adjustment over there in England, especially with Dalvin Cook now trying to play through a separated shoulder. I love Dalvin Cook, but there's always something. It's like Christian McCaffrey. Eventually something's going to ding him up yeah. and, and slow him down. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think the Vikings are are figuring out uh, adjustments at the moment. And I think the Saints are actually going to come through and win by a couple of scores. 
All right, back back stateside after that here in the States on Sunday afternoon. The Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons down in Atlanta. Boy, all all the weather and stuff going on uh, down south in the southeast, just uh, devastating down there. Uh, Can't imagine what's going on. Actually, uh, my wife was always scheduled uh, like since last year to be in Atlanta this weekend for a uh, uh, some sort of travel convention and she I, I didn't know at the beginning of the week that she was going to be able to, to make it down there I didn't I, I thought maybe that everything would get canceled uh, the way everything was going on downtown but Atlanta uh, apparently did not get uh, hit as hard as as people may have thought so they're they're okay she made the flight she's there in Atlanta right now she'll be back home tomorrow morning but uh so this game will happen the tampa game uh uh sunday night is still going to happen in tampa that was thought to be uh, in jeopardy at the beginning of this week but uh in any event the browns and the falcons uh down in atlanta will take place cleveland at two and one atlanta at one and two uh browns uh have defensive line issues because uh, miles garrett crashed his car and flipped it about four times and was uh, listed as questionable after that, and I'm like, what the hell are you people talking about? He's not playing. He flipped his car four times, and they finally ruled him out today. There was no way in hell he was uh, playing in that game. Um, and it looks like Jadavian Clowney is also going to be down with uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, in this one, Browns are a very slight favorite, minus one at Atlanta. It's got another feel like last week's Atlanta game, where it's probably last team with the football ends up winning this game. Um, I'm going to go with the home dog Falcons here, you know, with the, with the little bit more freedom on that offensive line, not having to block those two elite rushers for the, for the Browns, this weird offense that Arthur Smith has put together with this Falcons team with this, with Cordero Patterson and these big rangy receivers through three games has put up 26, 27 and 27 points. And the Cleveland defense, which we looked at as oh, it's holding them up on paper hasn't really been all that good. You, there's holes in this Cleveland uh, in this Cleveland defense, and if they're not going to get after Mariota, then that really frees things up. So I'm going to take the Falcons here as the slight home dog. Um, I was afraid about the, the Falcons not handling the punishing run attack of the Cleveland Browns, I was thinking the Browns are going to come into the dome and run all over, and they may still do that, but uh, I'm going to concur with you because uh, Cleveland not bringing that edge heat, I think that overrules everything. That is huge that Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney are not going to be there. Um, that allows the, the Falcons offense to keep making big plays and, and chunk plays uh, that they've been making uh, so far this year. And small uh, addition to that, I had to look up your favorite stat uh, coming out of week three. I was curious. Who's got the most and least missed tackles on the year? And I you know, don't want to make anything too big or too small. I, I was looking at tackles. I was looking at uh, yards per play. I was looking at uh, who's been the, the most and least penalized so far this year. Uh, but I was surprised to see the Atlanta Falcons are tied for least missed tackles so far this year. Only seven missed tackles in three games. That's pretty damn good. So, yeah, I'm going to concur and take the Falcons to, to put forth a hearty effort and, and overcome Jacoby Brissett in the Dome. Uh, from there, what was going to be a, a great quarterback matchup of 
Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, I don't think it's going to quite be that just because of the weather that uh, Hurricane Ian remnants is moving up. And, and that looks like there's some East Coast games that looks like it's going to have some, some, some wetness issues and some bad weather issues. And this is one of them, Buffalo and Baltimore. I'm, I'm no meteorologist. I'm, you know, I'm no Tom Skilling. But uh, that's one that's looking like it might be uh, pretty treacherous, a lot of rain all day in that one. So uh, we'll see how everything turns out. Uh, but they're both 2-1 and one after uh, Buffalo found a way to lose last week, uh, despite dominating Miami in every statistical category. Uh, they're having some, still having some back-end issues. Uh, one of their cornerbacks to replace their Injured cornerbacks actually broke his hand last week, Christian Benford, so they, they're even more shorthanded than normal. And the receiver, uh, Gabriel Davis's ankle, is acting up, so we'll see if that's a problem for them tomorrow. Uh, Bills are still dominant and, and still favored, uh, but it's Lamar. The, having his MVP seasons it might be two MVPs sort of going against each other, but the Bills are still considered the better team and the favorite. Uh, they are minus three at the Ravens. Yeah, this is really interesting because I was thinking about this. So I went back and I looked at last year. The Buffalo Bills last year lost six games. Only once last year did they have back-to-back losses. So that means that they had five times where they would win after a loss. Average margin of victory in those games was 24 points. You don't want to be. They got a little angry. You don't want to be. They were plus one twenty in their five wins coming off of losses last year. You don't want to play the Bills after they lose. I'm locking up the Bills this week. (laughs) Wow. Against Lamar. Uh, The way Lamar's playing. I'm looking at Josh Allen (laughs) against that secondary. Ooh. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. And yeah, I mean, if they if the Bills win a shootout, all they gotta do is win by more than three. That's all, <laughs> right? It's three, right? Yeah. That's all I need. And I'm 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 taking Josh Allen in a shootout every time against against Lamar Jackson. As much as I like and respect what they're doing and, and love the coaching staff of the Ravens, the the history just shows right now you don't want to be the team that plays the Bills after they lose, especially losing like that. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Um, the weather scares me uh, either way, uh, whichever way you want to go. I don't know how much the weather is going to play a, a factor in that game. Um, I don't know if it's going to make it uh, slip sliding where the D can't catch up to any of the, the runners, uh, including the quarterbacks, and they just and the running backs just run past everybody, or if it's going to be where the runners can't get traction and can't do what they uh, can possibly do. Uh, that would really affect Josh Allen, and it will affect Lamar Jackson even more. So Lamar re- relies on the run even more out of the quarterback position than Josh Allen does. Uh, I think the Bills' defense is the whole key to this game. I think Baltimore, uh, they ain't stopping project uh, no matter what the conditions are. I, I think, uh, like I said, Lamar will be affected more than, than project by the bad conditions. Uh, but the way the Ravens are so beat up defensively, they, they're not stopping him. Uh, especially coming off of that game last week that they very well should have won. So if the Bills can contain Lamar, it's their game. But that's that's easier said than done uh, containing Lamar. Uh, And plus their secondary is a little beat up. 
I'm taking Buffalo and giving three because I got them winning by four. I have never, not anywhere near the confidence that you have uh, in, in Buffalo. Uh, but I, what I still do have is the uh, respect and the awe of, of watching Buffalo this year. Even the loss last week, they were awesome. They were really dominant and really should have won that game uh, against Miami. They're, they're still the right. best team in the league, uh, I think, by – uh, a, a somewhat comfortable margin. When you look at the only undefeated team, the Eagles, I think if they played each other, the Bills would probably be, you know, touchdown favorite or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to concur and give the respect to, to Buffalo. Um, but oof, locking up against Lamar the way he's been playing, that's, that, that's some stones on you, sir. Hey, I'll tell you what. They win by four, I still win that. So they don't uh, get points. Do. If they win by that 20, but that I, I just I had that thought all week. Like, I got to actually look at this. This is something I'm actually going to go and I'm going to look it up last year. And what were the Bills doing to people in games after they lost? And, and it was obscene what they were doing to people. Yeah, like 40, I do remember. 45-17, 35-nothing. I, I mean, we were even talking about it last year. Like, yeah. About, I mean, we, I believe we locked up the, we caught on to this because there was a point in the season <laughs> where we were just locking up the Bills. If they lost, lock them up the next week. Right. Yeah. And nobody likes it. And, and you, you see what that team does when it takes out its frustration. Look what they did in week one. Uh, taking again. out that frustration. That was also coming off of a loss. I didn't even factor that in. <laughs> the loss from months ago, but yeah. That's right. But it's, man, you just don't want to play the Bills when they, when they lose a the league before, just pack it in. You're getting your ass beat. I think any objective observer says that the Bills, when they're motivated, are the the most dangerous, devastating team in the league right now. And they're doing this with – imagine if that secondary was whole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're never getting Micah Hyde back this year, but they're going to get some of these other guys back. Every piece they get back just makes them even better. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, that, that dynamic of Lamar running, you don't know what that's going to do, but yeah, Von Miller is probably spying him that whole game. Uh, maybe, but good luck if if Lamar gets his footing. Uh, I don't care, even if it's Von Miller. <laughs> you know, luck to where I Lamar know. Is playing. They're going to they're gonna have to do give him the Tua treatment. Oh, oh no! Please don't do that. <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, what used to be uh, Cowboys and Indians, but then we came Cowboys versus football team, and now is Cowboys versus Washington Washingtons. Uh, the Commanders and the Cowboys down in Jerry World, Washington 1-2, and two, Dallas 2-1, two and one, uh, but undefeated with Cooper Rush, the great Cooper Rush. Jerry Jones actually had the temerity to open his mouth Man. and act like he wanted a quarterback controversy when Dak Man. came back. Like, dude, do you not realize how lucky your ass is that Dak is productive as he is in the fourth round, and now you want a controversy with this other chode? Fucking crazy. Jerry Jones is just the worst. Anyway, uh, Dallas uh, hosting Washington. uh, More Cooper Rush. uh, Michael Gallup should finally make his debut for the season for the Cowboys coming off his ACL injury, so they uh, they desperately need some speed on that team uh, to go with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, the commanders, the Washington Washingtons are plus three and a half at the Cooper rushes. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think they figured something out in that Giants game. And now we get to give the true test to Mike McCarthy. Is he smart enough to realize that maybe with a backup quarterback, that this is your pathway to success. 
in, in, you know, getting both of the running backs involved, sprinkling the ball around. Clearly, CeeDee Lamb is your top guy. Getting, you know, getting Gallup back is also big for them. Schultz is working his way back in. Um, I, Washington's just bad. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz had that one nice game where he dropped a few dimes against the Jags. And ever since then, they have been exactly what we expect a Carson Wentz-led team to be. So I'll take the Cowboys, give the points. Yeah, I, after a, such a terrible week, after a 5-11, and 11, you reassess and you try to make things uh, more simplistic. You try to not, you know, make things too complicated. If it looks simple as hell to you, then, then you just go with it. Washington looks atrocious right now. Dallas housed them at home last year in Jerry World, 56-14. to 14. Cooper looks like a nice game manager. The Cowboys look very competent right now. The, yeah. I'll, I'll lock up the Cooper rushes and, and give the three and a half. Sure. Why not? Can't That's blame so bad Carson, what, nine? I mean, Dallas has got a oh. better pass rush than the Eagles. Right. If the Eagles get them nine times, what's, Miles, uh, what's Michael Parsons going to do to them? That might be the two treatment right there. All right, uh, on to Houston. The Texans hosting the uh, the Clipper Chargers, and yeah. the uh, the beat up quarterback once again, Justin Herbert, uh, getting back out there on the field. Uh, Clippers have a lot of uh, injury issues in addition to what poor Justin Herbert's going through. His left tackle, Rashawn Slater, tore his biceps. He's done for the year. That's part of why uh, the reason why uh, Jacksonville got after him so much last week. Joey Bosa on the other side of the ball is, is going through groin surgery, which cannot possibly feel good. Uh, I'll so he's give him sedative. <laughs> uh, I hope it's a doctor other than the Clippers doctor, because that's not going to be good. <laughs> or the Dolphins doctor. Oh, either one. It's his back. Or somebody else. Oh. Um, and also Keenan Allen is, is out for this game with a hamstring injury. So even with all of that, the uh, Chargers are the favorites on the road, minus five and a half at the 0-2 and one Texans. Yeah, it feels like, boy, that feels like a spot where you'd really want to go. Wow, I see what Jacksonville just did to these guys last week. Now they got to go on the road. They got to play Houston. This really feels like a spot where you would load up and take the Texans. I'm just not doing it. I'm actually, I think this is a bounce back spot for the Chargers. I think the Chargers are probably going to play a little bit more desperate. I'm hoping that this injury that Herbert has, time is your best friend. The farther you get away from this thing, you you get that rib cartilage starting to heal up a little bit. He was still throwing some good balls last week. Houston, I honestly got to say, is a step down in class from what I've seen from Houston so far this year and what I've seen out of Jacksonville so far this year. Uh, Houston does not seem to be in the same class as them. So I, I think the Chargers play with a little bit more fire in their bellies in this game, and I don't think Houston has the horses uh, to, to stay in this one as close. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, t- and kind of go against my gut. I think it's really easy to take Houston this week. I think, I think that's I think it's probably a very popular pick for a lot of people. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Clipper Chargers. What is it specifically about the Texans that looks so bad? Why would you say that? Would Would it be the – uh, tied for least yards per play in the league at 4.7. <laughs> I 
Through would it be weeks, the run uh, defense that would like it be the uh, oh, dead oh. last thirty second run defense uh, in football right now? Would it be the uh, most missed you already, tackles you in already football? Locked up a game. You already locked up a game. <laughs> uh, thirty one. Your favorite uh, stat: most missed tackles. That would be the Texans. Thirty one in three weeks. Thirty one missed tackles. So let's see. You can't rush the passer. You can't tackle. <laughs> You can't run. You can't stop the run. Mm. And you can't you throw. Look it up. <laughs> uh, well, other than that, the Texans are just not. Yeah, they're they're bad. They're they're really bad. So uh, I'm I'm gonna concur. I don't feel great about it. Uh, and I'm gonna take the Clippers and give the five and a half along with you. Man, Houston's just bad. All right, from there, uh, more AFC South. Uh, this is the Titans and the Colts. Tennessee now one and two, getting the big win. Over Vegas, Indy won, won, and won, and I still don't know how they got that first one over KC last week. Uh, like you said, KC kind of gave it to them. Uh, Titans uh, missing two defensive starters, linebacker Zach Cunningham, safety Amani Hooker, both out for this game. For the Colts, Darius Leonard maybe finally ready to make his season debut after that back surgery. He, he was maybe last week, and he didn't do it, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, Titans are the dogs in this one, plus three and a half at the Colts. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the fantasy podcast I listen to when I'm driving to work uh, is telling you, is that not even from a fantasy standpoint, is talking about the, the sneaky over potential that Titans-Colts games always seem to have. And it's true. These teams play some crazy high-scoring games against each other, even no matter how good their defenses are. They have, they're both teams that run the ball really well, but for some reason their games seem to always turn into shootouts against each other. Uh, this, was, this was one of those great matchups. This was the uh, Carson Wentz left-handed pass, jump pass out of his oh. own end zone game oh, God. Uh, last year. That was a crazy game. Uh, I'm taking the Titans here. Uh, I think the Colts maybe a little false confidence after beating the Chiefs because they didn't earn it. Um, I think there's going to be a whole lot of running in this game. Both teams, I think, can run on each other. So this could be the the Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor show both both ways up and down the field. But I'm boy, I hate to say this, but I trust the Titans a little bit more than I trust the Colts in this spot. Maybe that's just history of the matchup recently. Matt Ryan still turtles way too much on third down. It shows up in the numbers. His metric for taking sacks is through the roof. Um, he's like leading the league in the mount, you know, in pressures that turn into sacks because he's, he's a turtle. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Titans here. And this one, uh, I, I struggled. Um, both teams really yep. needed the, those W's that they got last week. Uh, which one's going to keep it going? Uh, Tennessee, it, can they keep ugling it up? We talk about the winning ugly football. Or is this the week Jonathan Taylor puts the Colts on his back? I think obviously the Colts have to do that at some point. Matty Ice is just not getting it done. Um, it, Tennessee has to pressure Matty Ice to, to pull this out. Uh, I, that, that's still iffy. They're, they they can get pressure, but it's not uh, as consistent, I'm sure, as they would want it to be. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, they Titans swept them last year, but they needed AJ Brown to do it. They he, they really they got some big efforts uh, out of AJ to do that. And of course, AJ's not there anymore, uh, and the Titans missing two defensive starters. 
by slim margin, I'm going to go with the Colts and give the three and a half. I don't feel uh, all that great about this one either. Um, but that, at least that's our first uh, disagreement uh, of this particular week. Uh, uh, no, the second one, actually, after the, uh, okay. uh, the, the, the England game. You have the Saints. And, you have the Saints yes. in London. Yep. QB1. <laughs> Red Rifle. Go for it. Um, Bears-Giants. Mm. You don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this one. But they're both 2-1-1. Woo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> These two with winning records. Wow. Uh, Bears uh, will not have uh, David Montgomery. Got hurt last week. Uh, hurt his leg. And Khalil Herbert, as you mentioned uh, in the recap, uh, filled in very, very admirably for him. Uh, on the Giants' side, wide receiver drama. Just, oh, we, we talked about Sterling Shepard uh, tearing his ACL. Darius Tony is not going to play. Wandale Robinson is not going to play. Uh, on the defensive side, they're going to miss uh, big Leonard Williams in the middle, too. Uh, he's got a knee injury. So a lot of uh, injury issues there for the Giants. And with that, they're still the uh, cop-out line three-point home favorites against the Bears. Does Justin Fields throw the ball more than 10 times in this game tomorrow? That's what Ooh. I want to know. Over, that, under 10 Over, throws. under 10. If I gave you 10 mm. and a half, over, under, Justin Fields' pass attempts tomorrow. Uh, uh, that's tough. Yeah. They don't trust him. They do they not trust him. They definitely don't trust him. And I'm going with the Giants here. This feels a smelling pushy here. Um, this game definitely has that kind of a feel to it. I've got the sense. I'll, I'll go prediction here tomorrow. I think Saquon Barkley might be the leading rusher and leading receiver for the Giants tomorrow, and that's not a bad thing because the Bears show. I mean, I get, the Bears have shown in their games against the Packers, against Houston, they let Houston run on them <laughs> with, with with guys. Um, and Saquon Barkley has looked like Saquon Barkley again. That's nice that we actually get a bounce back injured player who looks like. You know, he like, well, hey, I remember Saquon Barkley. He used to be really good, and he seems to be back. And the more they get hurt at the receiver position, the more they're going to lean on him. I think it's the Saquon Barkley show tomorrow. I'll take the Giants in the cop-out line. Talk about the Titans uh, and calling them the winning ugly team. Nobody is winning uglier than the Chicago Bears. Nobody. Uh, no, they tried, they tried to lose that game against Houston. They tried. And still somehow found a way to two and one. That team, that team, I still can't believe uh, they 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 cannot throw. They cannot throw the football. I, I, I hope Justin Fields develops into something better than this because right now is looking really really bad. But again, he doesn't really have any weapons. But man, he's just he's like you said, putting the ball right into the defender's breadbasket at different points. And yeah, they they're just they're they're a hot mess. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to concur. I'm going to go with Mini Project. Go Mini Project. They, they seem to be doing some work with Danny Dimes down there with the with the Giants, and uh, he's showing some flashes. So I'm, I'm going to concur and, and take the G-Men and give the three. The uh, Seahawks play the Lions. They're both one and two. Um, can you, it's hard to imagine the Lions are one and two and the Bears are two and one. The Lions are much better than the than Chicago Bears. Well, the Bears. Lions are three and zero oh against the spread, though. <laughs> that, that they are. That, that they are. However, they got some serious uh, injury situations yes. uh, that 
uh, might sway a lot of people's uh, picks and opinions of them. The running back, the Andre Swift, out with a shoulder injury. The uh, star wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, out with an ankle injury. Uh, yeah. DJ Chark, another receiver, out with an ankle injury. Uh, bad situations there in Detroit. Uh, Seahawks will be missing uh, one of their cornerbacks, Justin Coleman, with a calf injury. They already got defensive issues, so uh, makes it a little difficult to maybe figure out this one. Uh, Lions are still cop-out line favorite, minus three, hosting the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just get that weird feeling. Let's see, that ru- the running game now isn't change of pace with Jamal Williams. Now Jamal Williams slides up, and he's got to be the guy. Uh, with Josh Reynolds, I guess, T.J. Hawkinson, that becomes Jared Goff's go-tos, where Amon Ross St. Brown was making Jared Goff look really good. Uh, I look at the other side of the ball. I, you know what? I, yes, it's so got Geno Smith. But you know what I still see? I still see D.K. Metcalf, and I still see Tyler Lockett, and you know, Rashad Penny, they've started using. I think he's clearly taking over as the number one back. And see, I'm going to take the Seahawks to just go on the road and win the game. I try not to. I've been. I think I put a little too much on injuries over the years, and I just oh, so and so is missing their uh, nickel cornerback. I definitely got to go against them. Um, so I'm trying to scale back a little bit on that and, and be a little more realistic about what injuries mean. But this is your starting running back and your extremely uber consistent wide receiver who's been putting up banger after banger going back to last year. Uh, yeah, that's a little too much to, to overcome. So just based on that alone, I think Detroit will just miss uh, Amon Rod, St. Brown, and, and DeAndre Smith a little too much. So I'm going to concur and take the Seahawks. Because now that means you have to win – because of uh, Jared Goff? Yeah, and I'm not, not betting on that. Fight Jared Goff, right? Uh, as, a, as a dog with points, maybe, but, yeah, you got to win because of Jared Goff and your favorite getting covered to three. No, no, I'm not going to go there. Uh, moving on to the Jags and the Eagles. Uh, everybody raise your hand if you had the Philadelphia Eagles as the last remaining undefeated team in the NFL this year. Nope, you're lying. Put your hand down. Fuck off. You did not have them. Nobody had them. Uh, nope, they'll be missing their nickelback, Avante Maddox, tomorrow with an ankle injury. Go all in on the Jaguars because the Eagles will be missing their, their corner, uh, their, <laughs> their third-string cornerback. Uh, the 2-1 and one Jags, uh, plus 6.5 at the 3-0 yep. oh Eagles. I mean, I think the Jags put up a fight here, but – I'm still going to take the Eagles. I mean, yeah, if, yeah, I'm, t- I'm picking a team to lose by a touchdown or more and say they're going to put up a fight. Yeah, that can happen. The team can pull away late. Um, but I, I, the, the Eagles have looked so good. They only needed one quarter against the Washingtons last week to put them away. They scored all their points in one quarter last week. It's still one by 16. Um, Jacksonville, admirable. This feels like a – like this is a step up now. They, they, I mean, they went on the road. They had a great performance against Herbert, who's banged up. You know, Jalen Hurts. Ain't, you don't know where he's going to be, and with all those weapons. So I'm really curious. This is a huge test for Jacksonville if they can go on the road in this spot. If they can come away with a win here, I'll, I'll be all in drinking the Jags Kool Aid. But uh, I, I still think that the Eagles right now look they look like the class of that division, maybe the class of the NFC at the moment. I will uh I'll take the Eagles here and give the points. They look awful good through three games. Uh all it was, it was all old old heads uh, getting those sacks last week. That was uh what was so 
amazing to me about the Nia Sacks was, was all the veterans, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and those guys yeah. uh, taking down Carson Wentz. Your boy Red Stripe didn't get any of that, and they, they still dominated. So if, if they could develop him and, and get some, some help from the young guys, they'd really be dangerous. Man, if, if the Eagles, if they keep getting after the QBs, they become really, really scary. Like the offense is doing what they're doing, and, and you know, A.J. Brown uh, blowing up to start the season – and now uh, Devontae Smith coming through last week and saying, oh, remember me? I'm pretty good. Here I am. And just getting open over and over again. Uh, if the if the D steps up on the other side, they, they become a full team. And, man, that is, that's something else. Uh, Jacksonville's D will have to, to stop Jalen Hurts uh, to match up with what the Eagles are doing because the Eagles are probably going to storm and, and, and hit Trevor Lawrence a few times. Um but I had to look at that stat. Will the Jaguars be able to step up to Jalen Hurts? And I don't think so because they, they're getting to the quarterback at a good rate, but uh, they're, they're, only, uh, they're not hurrying the, uh, the quarterback. If they don't get to him and, and take him down, they're not getting there. They're, they only have eight hurries this year through three games. That, that's a very low number. Only 6% of their of the pass rushes are, are they creating a hurry. So, uh, it's a bit of a strange stab, but you know it's not just all about hitting the quarterback and getting sacks and getting uh, quarterback hits. You, you know, you still got to pressure. You still got to get hurries, and the Jaguars are a little light on that. So I'm going to concur because of that and take the Eagles and give uh, the six and a half. On to the Jets and the Steelers. From there, uh, Jets get their the guy Zach Wilson back under center. He uh, Returns from injury to start the season. Uh, Joe Flacco back to the bench. They're going to be short on some offensive tackles, but uh, at least they do get Zach back if that makes a difference for them. On the Steelers side, Mika Fitzpatrick cleared his concussion protocol. He'll be out there at safety. Of course, T.J. Watt on injury reserve with that pec injury. Uh, makes a big difference uh, as far as I'm concerned. The Steelers' defense, uh, when they don't have T.J. Watt, looks uh, completely different. Uh, but we'll see how it turns out tomorrow. They're both one and two. Jets are the dog. They are plus three and a half at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting game. Yeah, Pittsburgh's defense, um, definitely not the same without uh, without without T.J. Watt. I mean, they, they, they're not terrible, but they definitely are, you know, more middle of the road. They're they're maybe top half of the league, but you know, kind of barely. Where with T.J. Watt, we saw what they did with him that first week. I mean, he was the difference maker in that game uh, against Cincinnati. The Jets, I don't think, pose as, as much of a challenge. Um, if, you know, with Wilson coming back, you don't know how does he just step right in and it looks great because he did look good in spots last year. But this is again, it's his first game back, coming back from an injury. What does that offense look like? It, for me, the question is more: What's that Pittsburgh offense? Because uh, what is that? They, you know, Mitch Trubisky is 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 doing his check down Charlie thing. And he's not making friends with his with his receivers. Um, you know, with George Pickens, I mean, I, you watch the tape; he really is open on every play. Uh, and he's starting. To- <laughs> Out there. I don't know if you've seen any of the footage of him throwing fits yeah. when he's yeah. standing like, with nobody even on the field near him and somehow not getting the ball thrown his way. Uh, they need to try to get him the ball more. He seems to be like the kind of guy you can even force the ball to. It seems like he can make some 
pretty nice catches. So you might want to start getting the ball to that guy. He looks good. Uh, you know, you can make your quarterback look really good if he can just start catching those 50-50 balls. Just give him a chance. I'm going to take the steal. I don't feel good about this game on either side. I'm going to take the Steelers just because I think they might be able to take advantage of a Wilson mistake or two uh, with him just coming back from injury. All we are saying is give Pickens a chance. Um, I was uh, mentioning the terrible Texans offense tied for least yards per play so far through three games this year. Yeah. 4.7. They're tied with Mitch Trubisky and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I mean, it's right there. Uh, you don't need a stat to see that. Yeah. Um, 5.5 yards per throw uh, early on <sighs> in this season. Um, it's It's bad. Um, I'm I'm gonna take the I, I'm taking the Jets. I think if T.J. Watt was there, I would take the the Steelers. I think that makes all the difference to me. That that defense looks that much different when T.J. Watt isn't on the field. Uh, yeah, like you said, they're not bad, but it's so much less pressure when it's T.J. Watt. There's the, the guys don't get there in a heartbeat like they do when it's T.J. Watt because you have to slide people over to protect against T.J. Watt, and that opens up uh, lanes for everybody else to come through. Uh, whereas when T.J. Watt isn't there, you can actually play straight up, and it, it doesn't take you know just the snap of your fingers uh, before the pressure is upon you. So I think that makes all the difference for Zach Wilson in his first game to start the season. So I will take the Jets. I'm not locking them up. I already locked up the Cowboys, which might be about as dumb as locking up the Jets, but I'm not locking And I couldn't lock them up twice in the world. You could. No, you already did. have been two in a row. Yeah. So. Love you some Jets. Uh-huh. Go Jets. All right. Late afternoon action. Arizona down in Charlotte taking on the Cardinals. The They're both one and two. Uh, Arizona with wide receiver issues still. Uh, Nuke with a suspension. A.J. Green will now miss this game with a knee injury. Rondell Moore iffy with his hammy injury. Uh, Hollywood Brown is now iffy with a foot injury. So that might be a really short uh, wide receiver core for Kyler Murray tomorrow. Uh, but they probably don't have to worry about uh, Christian McCaffrey on the other side because it's been looking for all week like he's going to miss this game with a quad injury. Uh, last word was that he uh, he's going to attempt to play, and that that's not a, a good yeah, we've sounding heard this word. Before. We've heard this before with Christian McCaffrey, haven't we? Uh, yes, and any player that is referring to attempt to play in a game, that that's not a, a good sounding word. You don't want to use that word, uh, attempt. Uh Arizona, barely a road dog here. They are plus one and a half at Carolina. I'm going to actually take the Cardinals in this one, and I have no real stats or reasons why. I I don't particularly think either one of these teams are any good. Um, Carolina beat up on a pretty much bruised and battered Saints team last week. The Cardinals' only win was that ridiculous comeback against the, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither one. So there's not a whole lot of that, that these teams have put on tape that leads me to think like, aha, I know who's going to win. What I do know is that Carolina's best player that helped get them their first win isn't there. And now you have to rely on Baker Mayfield versus Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray might not have anybody to throw to, but he can run like hell. So this might be the Kyler Murray, James Conner show tomorrow, but whatever it is, I'm going to take the Cardinals uh, in this matchup. That of the uh, Oklahoma quarterbacks. The, the one stat I was looking at is actually against uh, Arizona with 
the the opponents that they've had, they've actually wound up giving up the most yardage per uh, per play so far this year at six point seven. Yeah, their pass defense is by far the worst in football. By eight point four yards per throw, they're giving up right worse now. than the Ravens, which is just hard yeah, to fathom. It really is. Um, but even with that, the Panthers are discovering that they can't rely on their running back. And they can't rely on their quarterback. It's really hard to win a football game. You can't rely on your running back or your quarterback. And that that's a problem. Um, Kyler is making stuff happen despite his lack of receiver. He's just out there making plays and doing what he can without any playbooks or studying or anything. It's pretty amazing. So I'm going to concur with you and take the Cardinals. From there, Patriots, Packers, uh, Bill Belichick and and the New England Patriots, uh, whatever Mac Jones was trying to do to, uh, to to rise up and be there for his team, now he's messed up his ankle, so he's not going to be there. Brian Hoyer, 36-year-old Brian Hoyer, next man up, will be starting at quarterback for the Patriots. And as a result, no surprise, biggest spread of the week, Pats are plus nine and a half at the two and one yeah, Packers. The way I think, the way I look at this, there's really only one pathway for the Patriots to even, I don't even think they're going to win, but to cover this number, the only way the Patriots can cover this number is to just ugly the shit out of this game and just run, 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 run. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson left, right, and center the whole game, and maybe Hoyer pops a throw here or there. You don't want to try to attack the Packers' secondary. You've got to try to attack them on the ground, compress this game, You know, try to keep this thing close. Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady were the masters of letting teams just shoot themselves in the foot because you just hung around and hung around and wouldn't go away. I have a feeling they're going to to try to limit the Packers. I think that they're going to try to limit the Packers. I think they're going to attack them in the running game and try to just, I, I know it sounds sacrilegious to say, make Aaron Rodgers beat you throwing the football, but <laughs> he's not throwing to anybody. So you got to make this team throw to win. I think the Packers win, but I think the Pats stay under the number. I think it's <laughs> an ugly game. Yeah, very well might be. i tell you what, uh, Whatever good feelings uh, you Packers fan, you cheeseheads might have about Romeo Dobbs stepping up, I tell you what, he cannot grow into Aaron Rodgers' deep threat. He cannot grow into the man and become the best guy for Aaron Rodgers on that team. He cannot do it because I picked him up in my fantasy league. Oh, no. That motherfucker is dead. He's deader than Tua right now. He is done. There is no way he's going to have any success because I picked him up as my back-end receiver on my fantasy team. I bet anything you were maniacally laughing when you picked him up. (laughs) (laughs) I got Romeo Dobbs. Wait a minute, though. Are you starting him tomorrow? I wasn't because doing any money dance, but I was I hate doing my you. evil laugh. I hate to tell you, because if he's on your bench, he's going off tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so that's why it works. I have to start him. You know what? You don't... <laughs> I, very, very short fantasy aside, I am 3-0, and but whew, got away with it last week. Devontae Smith and Cordero Patterson on my bench. Man. I got oh. away with murder. <laughs> 
I scored under wow. 100 points last week, and I still won, thank God, because I was playing against Justin Jefferson. He didn't do shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I got away with that with no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I, you know what? There's a there's a small chance I'm going to use Dobbs tomorrow. It's a very small. I'm, I'm, I benched my uh, receiver. Uh, who's my starting receiver? Oh, Mike uh, Mike Thomas, uh, who's who's obviously not going to play. Um, right. So I, I, I have not filled that opening yet. I have a, a wide receiver open at the moment, and uh, there's a chance I use Dobbs. Um, but I but Devonte Smith is still uh, on my bench, so there's a chance I'll put him up. <laughs> That's probably yeah. I, I hear he's good. I hear he's all right. <laughs> uh, Dobbs will not be the man for the Packers. I promise you, because I got him on my team now. Um, yeah, Packers D needs to contain Brian Hoyer to have any credibility. You're talking about they're supposed to be one of the better defenses in the league. If they let Brian Hoyer somehow uh, uh, toss up, who's having more pass attempts tomorrow, Brian Hoyer or Justin Fields? Because uh, I don't know if either one of them is getting over 10. Uh, no, that's why I said that they're just going to run, 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 run. Yeah, they, they probably will. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Packers and give the nine and a half. Because um, if they win by 10, that, that covers. That's, that's pretty true. much why I'm doing that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I agree. It'll probably be an ugly affair. Uh, Broncos Raiders uh, could be ugly as well because the Raiders are desperate. They are zero and three and still looking for that first W. The Broncos are two and one. Yeah, playing like that, really? Okay. Hunter um, Renfro is still dumplings, uh, so he's not going to be there for the uh, for the Raiders. The two and one Broncos. The public believes in them so much that they are the underdog. They are plus two and a half at the winless Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Well, they're getting a half a point their way right so i guess the line moved a little bit towards the broncos no the broncos are two and one not because of that play calling or the play of russell wood they're two and one because their defense has been playing out of its mind um the first few games and they and the punter right let's 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 give it special teams player of the week corliss waitman with those six punts inside the 20 hey it's a weapon if you can do that and do that consistently uh, you can you see the results. Uh, that's probably he was probably the MVP of that game for the Broncos. Um, I, I just I keep getting the sense that the I don't know what the deal is with the Broncos, but that this can't continue. There, there's too much talent on that offense. They have two competent running backs. I, I mean, Melvin Gordon's not what he used to be, but Javante Williams is a big factor. He's been a big factor in the passing game, too. He's catching a lot of balls, getting a lot of targets. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, there is talent all over that offense. They have to put this thing together at some point, because if they don't, I'm going to point my finger where I pointed it at after week one, which is that ass that coach of theirs, because he don't know what the hell he's doing. Still taking the Broncos uh, to win this game because at some point you, you're just going to get some rust bombs and the Raiders suck. You would think they they would get some rust bombs. I I agree with you definitely in general about the Broncos have to get better at some point. Russell Wilson has to get better. It, it's it's you know obviously a new offense. Obviously they're still figuring things out. Obviously uh, Nate Hackett is having some issues at coach. I don't know if he's an asshat or not, but he is definitely. Uh, having some problems, um, that Denver outfit being two and one despite all of that—that's that, stunning. I, I don't know how the hell they're they're doing it, but maybe not as stunning as Mac Hollins outperforming Devontae Adams for the Raiders and leading Man. 
the team in Virginia. What is going on there? Um, yeah, I don't know if I have too much else uh, to go on by picking the Raiders other than just saying, well, a couple of things. Boy Wonder can't go 0-4, can he? Is he is he that bad? Is he really that terrible of, of a head coach and a leader? I don't know. It's not a good start for him so far. Um, and the Broncos just, you know, the one stat to back up how crazy they're. The 2 and one but – Offensive penalties, number one in the league, most well, of them. Half of those are delay penalties. a game. <laughs> 30 in three weeks. 30 flags on your They're, offense. They, they have been – I don't know if you've paid attention to their games. They're getting relentlessly booed <laughs> at home. The home, I know. The home fans I know. are counting down the play clock <laughs> so that the Broncos it. know to snap the football. <sighs> yeah. Um, that's your team. You took them. them. You got them. I, I took those. I took that. So you should be worried. <laughs> yes, I am. All right. Sunday night football, uh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Wait, you took you took uh, the Raiders? I did. You were leaning there. I just didn't hear the official. Oh, yes. Yeah, but okay. boy, Wonder can't go on for He can't. Uh, um, really? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Chiefs and Buccaneers on Sunday night, Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady uh, in the uh, young versus old matchup that I'm sure is going to get played to death uh, leading up to that game. Uh, they're both 2-1. and one. Uh, Marquez, Valdez-Scantling, uh, he's got an ab. Ah, he's got an ab, um, but he should be able to play in that game. For Tampa, They've, of course, their wide receiver issues are, are well-documented. Uh, Bashar Perriman will not be playing, but Mike Evans will come back off of his suspension. Uh, Chris Godwin and Julio Jones are both going to be game-time decisions. Still don't know if either one of them will be able to make this game. Uh, very slim uh, point spread, KC plus one at Tampa Bay. That's crazy close line, too. I mean, it's basically a pick em. I'm going to take the Chiefs and not feel very good about it. They shit the bed last week against the Colts. I think they're too, they're good enough to bounce back from that. Hopefully they signed themselves a kicker they trust because if this thing comes down to a field goal contest, then you're going to kind of have to go to the direction of giving it to the Bucks uh, on the special team side because you can't melt down like that on special teams two weeks in a row. Uh, then, you, then, you, then you start getting coaches fired. You just don't get kickers cut. You get coaches fired if you have too many meltdowns like that. Let's just re-kick. Man, I still think that I, I do feel like this is a bounce back spot. The only my biggest worry, though, for the Chiefs beyond the special teams, is their O line has been really bad, like Bengals bad so far. If you if you're digging mm-hmm. into the numbers, the Chiefs are not playing well on the offensive line. So that that if there's anything that's going to go in Tampa's way, it's going to be Chiefs don't protect uh, Mahomes. Hey, we've seen this before, haven't we? Um, against Tampa Bay specifically, and then their special teams play like crap. If those two things go against them, this will probably be Tampa Bay running away with it, but I'm going to just, I'm going to take the Chiefs because I don't really like what I'm seeing out of the Bucks right now either. Uh, you've got my interest. I'm going to run very quickly to the, uh, the stats for this year and see what's going on uh, protection-wise for Kansas City. Uh, only two sacks taken by Mahomes, so he's been able to dance out of uh, whatever issues he's having. Um, so that's not so bad. But, yeah, the the offense is still uh, – it, it, 
keeps looking like it's on the verge of being what it used to be, but it's, you know, still missing some parts here and there. Um, you know, sixth in passing through three weeks, 7.8 yards per throw. That's, that's pretty good. I think, uh, I still think they're okay. All things considered, uh, you know, especially considering getting rid of such a, a talent like Tyreek Hill in the off season. I, I think they're, they're still uh, on the right path uh, in general, uh, should be a tough test uh, with the Buccaneers' defense. Um, you know, Bucks are still – they're still stout. They're still uh, pretty good uh, defensively, but they're they're still a uh, little undisciplined. They actually have the most flags on defense this year so far at 27, but tied for the least missed tackles. They're, they, only, uh, they only have seven missed tackles on the year, so they, they're going to get you down if they get to you in the open field. Right. Um, but then they're going to pile on and pull your face mask. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm going to concur and go Kansas City with you here. Uh, just because um, Tampa Bay's O-line and wide receiver issues, well-documented. Brady keeps trying to play through them, but it's not looking very good right now. Uh, his age 45 year is not going the way of his age uh, 44 year. doesn't look like he's going to win another uh, MVP. Um, and also their prep this week in the midst of, you know, Hurricane Ian, it had to be shit. It had to be terrible trying to get things uh, rearranged and practice in Miami and hope that their houses are still standing and all that. feels like an opportunity for Pat to, to go in there and get off and, and beat up the Buccaneers. I just can't imagine they're totally ready for this game. So I'm going to concur and take Kansas City. On uh, Monday night, NFC West, always exciting win. Uh, those young gun coaches get together out there. Rams will visit the 49ers. L.A. at 2-1. and one, San Fran at 1-2. and two. San Fran will uh, not have their left tackle, Trent Williams. High ankle sprain. Looks like he's going to be out for a while, so that's not good for Jimmy G. Uh, another very slim spread here. The champs are plus one at the 49ers. Yeah, am I missing something here? Is this a line based off of the fact that the Niners handled the Rams last year? Because that's about the only reason why I think that this, honestly, this feels like a gift to me. I'm, uh, we don't have a lot, ton of time here. Hey, we're going to get this one in. We're getting them all yep. in, in time. Yep. You know, clap for us. You know, give ourselves some applause. Um, but I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, the, the Niners are missing too many pieces. We saw what happened to that offensive line against Denver once Trent Williams went out. They, they Jimmy G couldn't, couldn't, had no time. Yeah. In that game, and now you got to face Aaron Donald in that defense. Yeah, I'll, 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 I thought about locking this one up because I don't, I don't know where this line came from at all. I'll take the Rams here. Uh, yeah, Niners did get them twice last year. Yeah, uh, they didn't get them. They didn't get them in the NFC title game though. They didn't get nope. them there. They didn't get them when it mattered. Uh, usually, it comes down to which talented QB is going to make the most untimely fuck up because uh, Matthew Stafford can do that. And Jimmy G can definitely do that. Um, but, yeah, you said it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan scheming around Aaron Donald without Trent Williams to, to protect the blind side, that seems uh, highly unlikely. Um, just, just that simple. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concur and, and take the Rams with you. Well, that's it. We, uh, we don't disagree on many games this week. That's got to be, what, three or four again? Give us applause for making it on wire once again. We're, we're getting two clean I guess we're, shows in a row. What's going on? We're, fi- we're, we're finally getting good at it after ten years. I don't know. Ah, maybe it's the new format. 
Maybe. Yeah, keep keeping us focused. Uh, three, four, looks like five. Okay, so it's five again. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to sweep me again? Oh, God. No, no, no. <laughs> that, would be, that would be something. I, I mean, sweeps are rare enough. I don't know if we've ever had back-to-back sweeps. Yeah, that, that would be – uh, not easy to do. It would be pretty devastating as far as I'm concerned. More on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program, which might stay on the air or might not. We don't yeah, have any bad week, weather we got, around here. We got snipered last week. We did. We sure did. Yeah, that weird weather that I was having down here. Uh, yeah. Held up for the show. Held up for the for the two hour uh, football party, and then we didn't get into the after show hardly at all, and then it zapped out on us. So, see yeah, how long so we last uh, today. I, uh, I I fared poorly last week on my main slate on my DFS team, so I'm glad I didn't end up giving that. That's when it cut out. Um, yep. But I, I I did okay. I, I placed in almost all of my individual matchup games last week, so that was really strange. Um, and then I had two lineups on Thursday night for, on, against uh, with the Cincy and um, Miami. Uh, Miami, and both of those lineups placed. So hmm. yeah, maybe I'm, I'm maybe maybe single game matchups are the way to go for me. But yeah, it's funny because I actually had uh, you weren't, you weren't I had a, Tua clearly. I no, I did not have Tua. One of the, the team I had that did better, I had uh, T Higgins was my team captain for that one. Uh, and yeah, he was the top scorer for the whole game. And then that lineup actually, when I looked at the whole thing, only finished 10 points of fantasy points out of first place. Yeah. That was the difference though, between me winning $3 or winning like $4,000. <laughs> yeah. It, it's great. Those single game ones, uh, they can be insane. Those are the ones, like I said, it feels like the people who win that are the ones that decide to go on some obscure fourth wide receiver as their star player, right. their, their highlight well, player. What's, what's really funny is I was, I had players last week in that Houston Chicago game. And I actually ended up placing, which blew me away because my team captain was David Montgomery. Oh. And so I had nobody, right? But right. I had Khalil Herbert on that well, lineup. Because he was running so back in cheap. So I had him because I figured the Bears, the Bears were just going to run, 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 and he was going to pick sure. up. I wasn't expecting him to pick up 150 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns, but that was yeah. enough to get me – into the money at least. At least I didn't lose the money. I, I only a lot of these single game matchups. I only play a dollar. Right. Um, but then uh, my so my main slate uh, lineup this week is uh, boy, it's it, it's it's an interesting one. I, uh, I I I went chalk and I stacked Allen and Diggs um, mm. against that Baltimore secondary. Um, Saquon Barkley. I went with Saquon Barkley. And Rashad Penny as my running backs. So, okay. Barkley against the Bears, Penny against the Lions. Of course, I said I have Diggs already. Um, I also took Ty, uh, Tyler Lockett in that game at Detroit. I, I, he's, you know, he's all right. <laughs> um, all in on the Seahawks. 
Uh, yeah, and Giants, because I've got Bellinger, their tight end, too. Um, oh, wow. The only reason I have him, though, is because I had so much money spent in other places. He was only $2,800, so he's dirt cheap. Right. Um, right. And I have George Pickens for $3,800. <laughs> so <laughs> Eventually, bitch. someday, they're going to use him. She's open. Um, and then, Hello. Just, and, then, and then on the opposite side of that game, I went with Elijah Moore because he actually seemed to be Zach Wilson's favorite target last year. Yep. So sometimes when you come back, you don't have quite have that rapport yet with Garrett Wilson. Maybe, you know, maybe Zach Wilson goes back to the guys he knows, runs home to mama a little bit. Um, and then I've got the Broncos defense at the Raiders because you know, uh, Derek Carr, who still leads the league in turnover-worthy throws, even yeah. after three. He led it after two weeks, and he still leads it after three. <laughs> uh, I figure that Broncos defense can get some some turnover opportunities against Derek Carr, hopefully get a, a scoop and a score or a pick six or something, because that's what you need when you take a cheap defense. Yeah, no doubt. The, uh, the top teams. I, I want to say the top scoring defense in fantasy on DraftKings so far for the season has been the Jags. Yeah, no, I'm, that doesn't surprise me. They've because, been just getting after everybody. Right, because they're you know they're they're getting sacks. I mean, although whatever that was that the Eagles did last week had to have bumped them way up too. Um, with all those um, sacks Yahoo, against Carson Wentz. On Yahoo, the biggest scoring fantasy defense is actually the Buccaneers at 45 so far. Wow, okay. Followed by the Bills at 41, and then the Jags at 36, and the Eagles at 35. Okay. So it's still, it's pretty good for the Jags. My, ja- my Jags, I went against them this week, but I can't pick them every week. Yeah, I didn't uh, say the Tampa... Jags were going 14-2, and 14-3, you know, I'd... And Tampa, Buffalo, and Philly, uh, and also Pittsburgh have uh, defensive or special teams touchdowns. Of course, that's going to uh, skew the scoring. Jacksonville does not have a touchdown yet um, and s- still find their way with 36 because of how, m- how many uh, sacks and interceptions they've been getting. Right. So, no, I, uh, I, I that's why I gave them my best of the week. Uh, I've, been, I've been impressed with them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as, as I was saying, I got lucky last week uh, beating – uh, a team that was putting that put up some really bad uh, points against me. Uh, they uh, they had Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill as their receivers, and neither one of them did much of anything. And that that's a big starting uh, starting point. Um, and then they had, had Rex Burkhead as one of their running backs. Oh uh, no, who obviously he did wasn't going to do anything. Um, and then to polish it off, they had the Clippers defense against the Jaguars, and they actually gave them a negative. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they, got, four. they got annihilated in that game. That game up, was not close. Gave up 35 points and didn't get anything back. No sacks, no picks, no no nothing, no fumbles. Uh, so that was a big help in, in allowing me to uh, to leave Cordero Patterson and, and Devontae Smith on my bench. I was still uh, able to win. So I got very lucky uh, to go 3-0. and Well, well, that's good. And then this week, that wide receiver spot that I'm looking at, um, my choices are uh, Jerry Judy with his banged-up shoulder, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, or Chase Claypool, or, or or Dobbs. Those are my, my picks to go into that wide receiver spot. Yeah, I just I, – I don't know what Dobbs is going to do against New England. I, that's such a wild card 
play in New England because they're just they're they're bad, but they're just so I don't know grindy, you know, like like it's just a weird team. It's a very odd game that that Packers Patriots game tomorrow. Dobbs is already projected uh, to be uh, to have more points than Claypool or Judy. Just that's that's when Yahoo already uh, has him up there. Uh, off of one that, game. That high. Yeah, off of one game. Was it nine? It was like nine balls, eighty-seven yards, touchdown. I mean, it was a decent stat line. Uh, yep, eight eight for seventy-three in a touch. Eight for seven. Okay, no, not bad. I was close. On eight targets, so that's the that's the impressive part. So he didn't drop so a he single. Caught all one. eight balls. Yep. Wow. All right. He was on. Rogers was on target, and Roger Rogers was still sprinkling balls to to Cobb, and you know it seems like they're trying to work Tunyon back in. So he, I, I told you this was going to be a work in progress with them. But I know they, 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 it, it is, and every week it's looking you know a little bit better, a little bit better, and we'll see. I, I'm and, curious nine and eight. to see if uh, nine and I'm eight. Sticking with that, <laughs> hey, they win tomorrow. What is it? Three and one. Hmm. They won the one I thought they were going to lose. I, I really thought Tampa was going to have them and didn't Man, expect Tampa to be as banged up as, yeah. as 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 Green Bay, if not more. Yeah, like I said, that game was sad. It was just that, sad and, to watch. And, and as bad as that game was, it still was not Denver-San Francisco bad. <laughs> that was just weird. That was that was a, they should have had a, a circus music playing for that one because that was just, oh. that was a carnival. I mean, there were more punts than points at, at, at a lot of <laughs> for most of that game. There were more punts than points. Crazy. Uh, I can only imagine what Al Michaels would have been saying if he was calling that one. But uh, all, all you underbetters, really, uh, I, I I don't know what to tell you. you yeah, I don't know. You should be. I'd be pounding Broncos unders all year. <laughs> I, well, but at the same time, we both said it can't keep on like this. Russell is going to figure it out at some point, so I don't know about that. Well, right now it's a 45-and-a-half over-under for that Denver-Vegas game tomorrow. It, it, maybe this is the one. Has Denver scored right, 20 yet? Uh, that, that seems like a fair number. I don't I don't think I'd be betting that either way. Uh, so 10, uh, 11 last week. Um, week two, uh, no, 16, 16 and, and 11. That's what their yeah. three and they've yeah. won two of those games. I, okay. But I mean, they've played, they played the Seahawks, the Texans and the Niners, the Niners. not at their best. So, uh, that's, that's not a murderer's row and the Raiders are no. bad too. Yeah. They they still I, I think they won't be this bad either as well I, I think uh, they they have, they got some growing pains to figure out it they're they're similar to the Vikings I think they came out hot with their new weapon and then people adjusted to them and they haven't made the adjustment back yet so I think it's coming eventually yeah because you uh, you went with the Saints tomorrow morning so we're head to head right off the Jesus the, the main slate won't even start tomorrow and we'll be head to head already on one. Yeah, I think that'll be fun uh, tomorrow. I, I just I expect uh, Dennis Allen and the Saints to do what people have been doing uh, with Justin Jefferson, just take him away and make Kirk Cousins beat you with anything else. And so far, he hasn't been able to do it. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore should just go out there and start a fight with him, and they get both kicked <laughs> out of the game. 
Uh, Marshawn doesn't didn't start that with Mike Evans. Marshawn was talking shit to Brady, and Mike Evans decided to just come up and steal on him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. So I don't know if Justin Jefferson is going to be dumb enough to do that. As as Mike a Evans, a quarterback, he's <laughs> crying at him. Yeah. <sighs> well, yeah, I uh, wake up first thing in the morning with the football, and that's it's great when it's a decent game. That those England games to wake up. First thing yeah, in the morning, when it's a shit game, it's, oh, it's torture. Do you remember a few years ago there was like a Jags-Ravens game that ended uh, up being like 40 to nothing? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I remember because it was a London – I had taken my kids out to breakfast, and I wasn't watching the game, and we were leaving breakfast, and I pulled out my my phone and looked at my phone, and it was just, oh, my God. I'm glad I didn't watch that one. This game, right. The game tomorrow, I think, is just interesting. Well, one, it's watchable because we, we disagreed on it uh, in general because it's a couple of teams I think that, you know, you're still not quite sure what to make. Yeah, a couple of teams I think can easily be in the uh, NFC playoff push. Yeah, we were very complimentary of both of them, and I don't, I don't think the Saints want to. I mean, the Saints start one and three. That gets to be, uh, that starts to get. That, that's a tough road to hoe if you're going to make the playoffs starting one and three. It is. They they didn't anticipate their quarterback getting his, his back broken in four places, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, what what is with the, these quarterbacks and and with the you know this league that quote unquote wants to protect its players. Um, letting these guys go out there and play with these like, somewhat gruesome injuries, you know, that Drew Brees debacle a few years ago, and you got Winston and Baker and Herbert and, and Tua. It's like they don't care. I don't think it's that they don't care. I think it puts a, a spotlight on the hypocrisy of the entire concept of a safe way or a way to protect people playing football. It's football. Yeah. It's guys crashing into each other at top speed. You cannot protect people who play football. It's football. It is the most destructive, dangerous thing uh, outside of rugby uh, that you could possibly play. And the the idea that you could, oh, well, we got a special helmet uh, that they've been developing that will protect your brain better. The helmet doesn't get inside the skull and protect the brain. Okay, there's you really can't do anything to protect the brain when it gets slammed down and, and hits the ground like that. Um, there's you can put as many pillows as you want inside the helmet, and it's still a, a violent, you know, concussive effect on your brain. You can't protect against that. And as far as the other injuries, yeah, anything you can do to uh, protect the quarterback still does not uh, protect them when they get hit in a legal way. It's still going to hurt because it's the, the greatest trained athletes in the world coming to kill your quarterback. And if they hit them legally, it's, it's going to hurt. And sometimes it's going to break bones. It's just, there's, there's nothing you can do to protect that, but they're still going to use that word safe and, and protect because they want to push that hypocrisy and act like there's a, there's a safe way to play football. There is no safe way to play football unless it's flag football in the Pro Bowl. Right. Which is that concept is just crazy to me. Yeah, I'm still not watching. Uh, no, I'm not watching a uh, flag football Pro Bowl. Uh, the the I mean, skills far, competition, how, whatever they have, I might yeah, watch yeah, that, but, but I'm definitely not watching that, the flag. That, that skills competition, do you remember when they used to just do that randomly in the middle of the off season? You'd get some tape-delayed thing from 
mm-hmm. somewhere, like out in Hawaii or something, and it'd be all the quarterbacks all wearing shorts doing these skills. And those were fun to watch. Yeah, taking target practice and all right, let's but go was, twenty yards. Yeah, and they're throwing the ball into the rolling net, going up the sideline yeah. and hitting the different targets and stuff. But that was like a it was a it was a tape delayed, you know, it was edited. So, but it was also put on right in the middle of like of sports wasteland, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't packaged and sold as the Pro Bowl. But I'll still I would still watch that over the actual Pro Bowl, which was just the biggest well, joke right. you could I mean, imagine. That's, that's like watching, you know, like the NBA watching the three point contest and the dunk contest was actually better than watching the all the, the, the All Star game. Yeah, there's there's about as much defense played in the NBA All Star game as there was in the Pro Bowl. Right. So I don't know what they come up with for this skills competition to make it more interesting. Um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, that's about the uh, you know the thing that's keeping my interest or making me seem that I might consider watching is that I don't know exactly what they're going to do. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of. I think they should have like of... they should have it like where each team competes, or you know, except for maybe the teams in the Super Bowl, unless they do it the week after, and then you just kind of have it where like there's a quarterback challenge, you do like a running back challenge where they do the American Gladiators thing, and they got to get past Zap and Nitro. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. When they had that on American Gladiators, where Zeus was always tackling like jacking dudes at the five yard line. <laughs> I gotta um, look it up. I, I think they're doing the pro. I think they're doing all this the night before the Super Bowl or something. Oh, yeah. And then you could do like a kicking one, you know, like some kicking, you know, and just score points for each team and see which team is the you know wins. That that might be fun if you come up with something like that, right? Uh, it will air on. Sunday, February fifth. So that, well, the way the schedule is now, that's like a month before the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when the Super Bowl is anymore. I, I just know it's in February. No. It's not in January. And last year was it Valentine's Day weekend? Because we were joking about so. what's going to happen when the Super Bowl is on Valentine's Day. Like you're going to have a whole lot of you're going to have a whole <laughs> lot of relationships end. Uh, honey, I love you, but come on, man. This is, the Super Bowl. Come on now. <laughs> Gotta understand. Uh yeah, I don't know I don't know exactly when the Super Bowl is gonna be, but uh, yeah, there'll be a and... whole lot of Valentine's Day brunches <laughs> that <Right>. day. <laughs> Finishing up very early in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. ah, sorry to hit the mic uh mute there. Still still got a little 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 cough still lingering, but yeah. not bad. <sighs> Those have been going okay. Uh, otherwise, yeah, yeah. We're waiting to, you know, we're waiting to get, uh, you know, little buddies get his eyes checked, make sure. I think he needs glasses. And, yeah. You know, I'm just basically just tired. I mean, this is the latest I have been up in a long time. I have been in bed all week by, I'm not kidding, eight thirty most nights. Huh. You know, but I'm in the middle of a, you know, my. Like tomorrow, I'm off, so I don't have to worry about getting up at you know six o'clock in the morning. So um, that urge I did this is, today was the first day I woke up and I didn't have the urge to just stay in bed all day. Hmm. Well, that's just, that's the, only thing, and... the only thing really lingering for me with from having the COVID for that second time was just the, the being tired. All yeah, the that body fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just just like, I don't want to get up. I want to go back to sleep. How many times can I hit this snooze button before it's absolutely necessary for me to get up out of bed? I definitely understand that. Uh, I've been doing real good since basically since getting the COVID a couple of years ago, uh, just staying active, just making myself get the hell up and go to the gym and uh, not have more than the, a day or two where I lay around and do nothing. Just even if I don't feel like it, get up after work and get out there and do something, lift weights, go get on the treadmill, something. Um, just staying active, man. Cause it's, uh, you know, the old, as you, as you know, the older you get, the, the harder it is. And uh, the, the work yeah. is on you. Woke up uh, a couple mornings ago, and I, like one of my fingers on my left hand just is like right now I'm looking at it, it is like double the size it normally is. It's all swollen, oh. and uh, I can't make a fist. It hurts like hell. Um, I, I looked up what it is, and uh, according to everything I'm looking at, it's arthritis. Yeah, good old arthritis. So, yeah. So basically, it said it's either arthritis or carpal tunnel, but it's only affecting one finger and pretty much mm. one joint in my one finger. Right. And that's ballooned up so much on me and hurts like hell because it feels like the skin is ripping off my hand. Um, oh. Oh, yeah. At least it's, it's my left hand, but still, I mean, it, it hurts to the touch. You just can't lift anything. You can't, uh, yeah. It, 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 it's not fun. Getting old sucks. Yeah, it does. That almost sounds like the gout that I had in my toe a few years ago. I remember that. Oh, could, couldn't couldn't barely walk. I had to, uh, make, I had to drive I had to, you to like, the train. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about the night I finally went to the hospital. It was so bad because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. And I was like, the hospital that I at the time was a block away from my apartment. But to walk there took me probably 45 minutes just crawling along the walls of the buildings uh, on the way oh. to the uh, to the hospital uh, and, and you know, with, with no shoe because I couldn't put a shoe on it because it was so uh, thick and swollen and, and inflamed yeah. and whatnot. Oh, my God. Um, but, but it's so weird. Um, I was going through that around that time of the, you know, the heartbreak incident. And I really haven't uh, – I went through it for, you know, five, six months-ish. Uh, where it was that bad um, until they finally gave me this big ass needle and a, and a steroid shot. And then I haven't really dealt with it since then. It's, I think that was stress induced. I really do. Oh um, yeah. It's very possible. Yeah. It's I, crazy I what stress does to your body. Absolutely, man. I try to refuse to let stress get to me at all. You know, just because of things like that you know, knowing what extreme stress did to me back then and couldn't eat and all that stuff. Um, people at my job marvel at me uh, that I don't let things affect me because there's a lot of stuff up there that'll uh, piss a lot of us off and get you very frustrated. But man, my deal is, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my job. I'm going to ball out. And I'm going to make my money and then I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm not going to let you people get me uh, frustrated and angry and whatnot. And, and, and there's, you know, plenty of reason to, to get angry because there's a lot of stuff that really shouldn't happen. Uh, and I think a lot of workplaces are like that too, that if you want to, you know, if you could take it over and, and say, I want to do this more efficiently and do that more efficiently and then uh, everything will run a lot better. Uh, but you can't do that because you're not in charge. So it's real easy to get frustrated and angry when you have that uh, every single day, you come to work every day knowing that you could 
things could be done a lot better and a lot more efficiently if you could do it your way, but you can't do it your way. You're not the boss. So with that, I just kind of shrug my shoulder. Well, I'm not the boss. I can't do that. So I'm just going to do the best that I can do, you know, in my, in my particular uh, function um, and make my money and get the hell out of there and, and not worry about it. And that's, that's about all I can do. And, and people, there's people up there that get angry like every day and come in angry and go home angry. Yeah. And then they wonder why they're so tired and why they, I'm like, of course you're tired. And uh, cause you're always irritated cause you're always letting, you know, stuff like this, you know, get to you. You can't do that. You just, you can't let the, you know, you can't let, don't let the small stuff get to you. Don't sweat the small stuff is what they say, but it's true. Uh, no, I agree. It's like you're talking about the mentals, right? Yeah. I, I was just about to say, it sounds like I'm breaking into the, uh, the, the summer show about the, you know, the hard truths. That's right. Take care <laughs> of those mentals. It's a hard truth, man. You got to take care of your mental. Nobody will take care of your mentals for you. You have to do it yourself. That's absolutely you know true. What helped, so. You know what helped out my mentals? Uh-oh. What's that? A big pat I gave myself on the back when the Seattle Mariners clinched playoff berth. <laughs> Finally. Been waiting for If so we long. just pick it every year, <laughs> Eventually. you're going to get one right. And you laughed at me because I had the Mariners in the playoffs, and they did it. So, uh. yay me. They finally, finally did it. So many years. So many years of trying to get them in. They finally, but, but they had to expand the, the wild cards. And, but Back that's okay. Day, yeah, it's okay. As, as a technicality, we're not going to worry about it. They got in. Doesn't matter. They got in. They are in that's the it. postseason first time in 21 years. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm not even going to go back through the uh, the movies that were out and the songs that were number one and whatnot back when that the was, last time the Mariners were in the playoffs. 2001. That's depressing as hell to go back and look at that. And that's, us, that's us coming off of uh, 9-11. That was, I believe, yeah. the Mr. November postseason, right? That was, uh, <sighs> yeah. That yeah. was the uh, Diamondbacks-Yankees. Uh, that was the, little, the BK Kim blowing all the same. Young, young Kim. That's who I remember about that one was him blowing all those saves. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, was that the Louis Gonzalez uh, hundred foot wow. hit that that won the game. It, Craig Council scoring in in game seven. A hit is a hit, no matter how hard it goes or, or where it goes. Just get, that off Mariano Rivera. It was. So that that oh, I do remember. I'm still saves. living in Chicago. That's how long I was still living no, in Chicago. The... That's how long ago that was. But I remember watching that in my basement because uh, that was when yeah I was living. We were in Des Plaines. That was like uh, you know we had the big basement and uh, for all those games of the World Series, it was like I had the guys over. You know, we we're all watching the game every you know all those games down in the basement playing pool, and it was that was the wildest World Series. It was. Because, you know, no, after 9-11, it was so crazy. We were in November because everything got pushed out. Um, and then you had the Diamondbacks blowing all those saves. And, and then you had that, was that, uh, that was that Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. That was just, that was yeah. wild. And they teamed up in game seven and eventually yeah. the Diamondbacks came through, but Mariano Rivera had to blow the save in order for that to happen. That's absolutely what happened. Yeah, yeah. After after BK Kim blew two of them, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. In the previous games, but that was a yeah. So that's the last time. 
That is the yeah. last time, the year of 9-11, that the Mariners made the postseason. Um, didn't even have to go through all that. Neither one of us had met our wives yet. That's how long ago that was. Yeah, like I said, I was still living in Chicago. I, I mean, I haven't lived in Chicago <laughs> since 2002. <laughs> so there you go. That's how long the very been, next man. year we moved in December. So that was, yeah, that's how long ago that was that I was still living down in the Chicago area. And then now the Mariners are in. So if we were doing an actual sports talk show like every day or, or you know, a general show other than football, eventually we would have to get dragged into uh, is Aaron Judge's home run record the legit home run record or is it whatever, you know. No. I, I think <laughs> the reason I'm going to say you no, I'm going to say it's not the legitimate home run record because that means that we'd have to say everything that happened during the steroid era is now an illegitimate record. Like none of that happened because we're just going to pick and choose. You know, we're not going to say, I get it that the kid, right. Rod, whatever Maris's kid is trying. That's great. You want to, you know, you want it to keep it with the Yankees and that's fine. You want to delegitimize Sosa and, and, and McGuire and bonds. Were they on the juice? Hell yes, and we all know they were, but it's not like those were the only three guys in baseball on the juice. And you think and Roger Maris's kid might be a little biased? Just to say it, that's where the whole conversation came from. Nobody was saying any of this crap until he opened up his yap about <laughs> his dad should have the legitimate home run record, and now it should be Aaron Judge. No, it, it should because we don't uh, Aaron I, I be on the Peds. We don't know. <laughs> uh, he sure looks big and strong and natural, but how does anyone really know? Yeah, um, yeah but you yeah, just don't know. I mean, look at Pujols. How did he escape this? I don't know if he 100% did. I remember hearing some generic rumors back in the day. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know if anything because you got stuck popped. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got stories like Canseco and he's like the Pied Piper of steroids and mm-hmm. all the stuff that was going on. It was such a mess back then, but you, you know what? They still hit the ball over the wall. And the pitchers were juicing too. That's right. So everybody was juicing back then. I mean, that there were, I mean, not everybody, but it was a significant number. So just, let Barry Bonds have his record. I mean, he did that in so ridiculously few at bats because he got intentionally walked like hundreds of times. It seemed like he hardly even took plate appearances, including with the bases loaded. <laughs> That's correct. We ain't giving up four to your ass. We just we gonna give uh, you one, and you go take first. We ain't giving up four to you. Right. So you probably thought I'd be on Maris's side, but no. Uh, no, records, I actually let didn't. the records I, I know. let the records let the records be the records. Yeah, no, I, I know your uh, viewpoint is very similar to mine. I, I, I know you're not as quite as strong or strident about it as I am, but I think you were on the same side as me as far as no, uh, whoever hits the home the most home runs actually has the home run record. That's how it's supposed right. to work. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I mean. You, you can't just pick and choose who you're going to legitimize and delegitimize because you don't really know. 
Right. They had the games. They rolled the balls out. Bombs hit 73 homers in one of those years. That happened. All right? That that happened. This isn't the NCAA where you can cancel certain things out and claim that it never actually happened and take banners down. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And it was a it was a zoo. We had people throwing syringes on the field. I mean, <laughs> if people knew, I, I mean, I don't. I wasn't necessarily pro Bonds while he was doing it. I think Bonds has sort of become like that cautionary tale because you know, Bonds without the steroids was a Hall of Famer, right? And. He sold his soul to the devil, and he he got all the accolades, and he's he's got the record, and nothing you do, you can't put it. I mean, if you want to put an asterisk, who cares? It's still the record. All the writers and and jealous people, all they can do is is keep him out of the Hall of Fame and and wag their fingers. That's all they can do. But they can't take the records because he actually did all those. He actually hit seventy three home runs. That that right. cannot ever be changed. And how many of these guys who they who that they've allowed into the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. could have been on stuff? They don't know. And and, and were this righteous yeah, indignation of theirs. It's like shut up. We're the gig- Hall of Fame is a joke anyway. It's a joke. Yes, exactly. We've been making fun of it for many, many years. Yes, we have. We even have our own version of it just just to poke fun at it. That's right. The real Hall of, of Fame, Hall of Infamy. <sighs> but yeah, yeah I, I only brought it. Have to be good, but no, there, there, there's <laughs> a, you. You got my you got my take. Yeah, in, in mine too. I only brought it up because that that's the if we were doing sports that would be the the topic. Our producer would be like, "You have to talk about it." Do we? We have. Well, yeah, to? Well, I mean, you just scan Twitter and go, "Well, what's this stuff about Roger Maris's kid?" Oh, look, there's a talking point. So let's scream at each other. But if we were actually doing a TV, uh, like a, a show every day, a radio, like a real produced show, one of us would have to take the opposite point, no matter what we believed in our heart. <laughs> Like whoever that idiot was when Dak Prescott got hurt that said Colin Kaepernick was going to take the Cowboys to the playoffs or the Super Bowl. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's after seeing Cooper Rush, maybe. Uh, Yeah. um, I I don't even understand some of these uh, discussions. Like, is it really that big of a working formula to just have two guys up there taking the complete opposite of something and just yelling about it? Like, yeah. I, I, I guess. I, I'm um, telling I, you right now, because you have Twitter the same as I have Twitter. If you can go, I'm going to give you like the Twitter challenge right now. If you can go like two days in a row on Twitter without seeing shit about Colin Kaepernick or Kyle Rittenhouse, you win. I don't see too much about that that Rittenhouse idiot. Um, oh, I don't God. see Every that time much I about go Kaepernick. on Twitter, somebody's making comments about it. Huh. And Kaepernick. No. Every every sports angle is, or, or you know, so and so and so something, but Kaepernick can't play football. Oh my God! Or then you know, then it'll be so and so and so and so like justice thing. But Kyle Rittenhouse can cross state lines and murder people. It's like, oh my God! Shut up, people. <laughs> Your I, I missed most of that. that I, I guess, thankfully, I missed most of that. What maybe I can't Twitter just maybe Twitter maybe my Twitter just hates me. Everyone's Twitter is unique to whatever they've clicked on and decided. 
the 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 way Facebook and Twitter works to funnel stuff to you. Yeah, just to funnel stuff to you that you may have liked once, and therefore they think if you like that, you'll like this, 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 and this. And it's like, no, not necessarily. I don't even know if it's like that you like things or if you just read things. I think it just goes off of you like reading stuff or or showing interest in stuff. But then I know it's completely the opposite of that because there are people on Twitter that where I'm so sick of their posts, I've just muted them. I don't want to see this stuff. (laughs) Right. And I'm not one of those, uh, you know, like the biggest cowards. Like, you know who the biggest cowards on Twitter are, the people who, the the, the more incendiary thing they say, but then it says, And then they user, shut off their comments. They yeah. shut off their comments except for people who follow them. <laughs> those are the, like, you, you, those people are on Twitter are like dead to me because you have like <laughs> no backbone at all because now you can just lob as many bombs as you want and say the most horrible vile shit it doesn't matter what angle you're taking right it's not a political thing or any of that you can just say awful things no it's just a, i'm a terrible human being thing correct and then it says well this person has blocked user comments from their post except for people who follow them and then when you actually see the comments of the people it's just all like sycophants you know right yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cuz anybody who takes the contrary point just gets blocked. Right. That, that's how you create you know. your own echo chamber. Right. Or or the posts that say I think such and such blah blah blah, you know, it's usually political, screw the Dems, screw the Rs. If you disagree with me, I'm blocking you. <laughs> what? Okay. You know, <laughs> Trumpers get blocked, you know. Liberals get blocked. It's like, um, this is this is not what this this is you know, this is supposed to be public discourse. It's supposed to be like the town square. This is you know, where you nope. like, the, like the, the there is no exchange of ideas anymore. Like I told you, I read that book about the a lot of I read that know. yeah, I read that book about the, the, the polarization of of the media. It's like, you know, where it's if the other side is literally Hitler our argument, right? And, and yeah. now it's not. Now the Hitler thing is dying down. Now it's the other side is a fascist. People don't know what fascism is. Are throwing the word around just like, well, well you're a fascist. Oh, do you even know what that means? You're, yeah, it means you're a fascist. <laughs> okay. oh, I heard someone else say that. Someone's well, I'm not a fascist. Oh well, well then you're Hitler. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm Hitler. <sighs> Yeah, no, it's, it's supposed it, to be it's open. Bad. And, and, and we're six weeks away from an election. My kids are really funny because my kids watch YouTube, and I don't know. They watch, like, goofy YouTube video games, people who stream video games, people who do stupid contests and stuff and challenges mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff, and they win prizes. Like, these are YouTube videos, like, for kids, right? 10 to 20-year-olds, basically. That's what these are for. And they just, my kids are just getting bombarded with political ads on YouTube, and it's hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, indoctrinated and they're just, early, like, skipping them. And my son's like, oh, is this the, is this the one for the, the guy? And my, my daughter's like, no, 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 that's the crime guy. Because <laughs> it's all the same ad. There's a lot, you know, senator races and all, you know, all that shit that's going on in Wisconsin right now. So it's all tailored to just Wisconsin, but it just keeps pounding the same ad. And you 
got to watch them or you got to wait for that five seconds to go by before you can skip them. And, uh, oh, man, I'm so sick of it. I'm glad I got the version of YouTube where I don't get those ads. I don't know. I guess oh, I'm not watching the, the hip stuff. Version? I I'm on the I got the ad block on my on my browser, oh. so no, I, I don't Google. know. They watch this through the TV, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're on like the app version on the right, TV. right. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. I, I feel I, I I think it's funny because they're at the age where they understand some of these things that are being talked about, but. A lot of the times they're like, well, what's this? And I'm just like, don't worry about it. I don't have the time to explain to my kids about <laughs> the stuff with crime and, and, and abortion. I don't have, no, right. no, 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 no. You guys just watch your fun YouTube videos. I'm not going to sit here and have conversations with you, you know, an eight and a 10 year old about that kind of stuff in life. And, and, you know, you know, oh, this person got let out on bail and they went and murdered a bunch of nothing. You know, no, be, Dad, just be kids. Just Daddy, be kids. what's transgender? Oh, <laughs> they probably know. Because my daughter, she's pretty slick. She she makes some comments about stuff. So they, they, she picks it up. And I'm sure they pick it up at school. You know, but, ah, whatever. That's where... Like she knows what she knows what like you know like gay and all that she knows what all that is. It's not like we just sit around talking about it. Yeah, but no, all the yeah they haven't really hammered that too much in the ads with the the, the trans stuff. It's been mostly either abortion or crime. Those are really the only two things that are getting talked about on the ads or corruption. You know, it's like you guys are little. Be kids. Enjoy being kids. You got plenty of life to worry about this crap. Unless we're all nuked in the next few weeks, because that seems like the way we want things to go. Uh, there's no chance for kids to be kids anymore with all the media, oh, with all the I know. phones and computers and everything. Can yep. you imagine if we had all that stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I can. <laughs> It'd been different, but that'd have been pretty wild. I, I can't even imagine that some of the stuff we were doing, like on the school bus and stuff. If someone had a camera and was filming that, oh my god! Well, we not only that, but I'm thinking so about screwed. like you know, we were in the city, like we were in Chicago. I mean, I was a kid, young kid, going places by myself. Sure. I, I don't let my kids go anywhere by themselves. <laughs> but it's not the same world. Is is it really that different? Uh, you know, I don't know. You're all the all the like sex trafficking and all these things that you hear. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't let my kids just walking all, around the neighborhood by themselves. All of that was absolutely know. going on when we were kids. We just didn't have twenty four hour news. Yeah, cycle. we were just big kids. Nobody wanted to. Nobody was gonna mess with us. <laughs> well, that too. But no, they're they're. Uh, hookers and pimps and, and all of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, block away from school. Yeah. Right yeah, on Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we knew. I, I, we knew now all we about it. we were not it. partaking, but we no. knew. I don't think we no. really paid too much attention to that at Skinner. It was really obvious when we were young. Well, it was really was obvious not... to me uh, where, I grew, where I grew up. There was a lot of uh, well, hookers okay. and crime and stuff. 
there were gangs in my neighborhood. We didn't have a lot of the like the prostitution and all that. But I mean, I, where I grew up, there was you know the projects were a few blocks away. Yeah, we, we, we had definitely the, had gangs too. We had the Lathrop homes. Uh, there was those weren't right. the worst of the of them. You know, those weren't like Gabrini Green or Robert Taylor, but it wasn't a nice area. You didn't drive through there at night. Um, right. But those were not that far from where I grew up. I mean, that was two, three blocks away um, from where I lived. And there were definitely gangs in the neighborhood. But you just see, you know, the, the, the gangs were all about killing each other or fighting each other. The gangs didn't, if you weren't in the gang, people didn't mess with you. I think that's the thing that people don't understand about gang violence. It's, it's, I don't know if it's different now, but it's usually not just indiscriminate. It is when they're driving down the street and shooting babies and cribs through their front window. Yeah, when they're just spraying bullets everywhere. And yeah, know where when they spray and pray and stuff like that. But generally, they're killing each other. Generally. Generally. I'm saying that that's a broad generalization, but it's not just indiscriminate violence and you know, just walking people just walking down the street getting blown away kind of a funny short story in, in that vein uh that I, i'm sure i told you about at the time but in high school so i'm rocking my white Sox cap uh just because i was a huge white Sox fan and well, yeah I, and, we were in chicago that made sense it's not like you were wearing and, a raiders jacket and <laughs> And still rock my white socks hat to this day. But I'm in, in high school. I'm standing there at the bus stop waiting to go home. Two thirty in the in the afternoon, bright sunny day, uh, wearing my white socks hat. And three brothers walked up to me, and one of them says, "Hey man, who you repping?" Uh, and I was like, talking. "What?" <laughs> right. And I I was just barely street smart enough to know what he was referencing. I, I was almost Urkel, just had no clue at all. But it like dawned on me at some point, oh, he wants to know if I'm in a gang of some sort. And I said, I, I ain't repping nobody. I'm just a White Sox fan. And they look at each other and they look back at me and they go, oh, all right. that," And they walk away. Yeah. That was that was it. If, they, if I was on, if I gave them the wrong answer, then that I, might have been different. You might not I, be talking right now if you gave them the I wrong answer. I wouldn't be here right now. Yes, that's true. Uh, but because I gave the correct answer, which is I'm repping the team that I'm wearing because I'm a fan of the team, they they left me alone. Well, what, they didn't have what, any that was what year was that when the Sox changed the logo when they became really that was cool? Our freshman so, year, ninety ninety nine. I was about to say that was like right around ninety ninety one when they changed that logo and then they became like the gang apparel team. Right, the previous color scheme was sort of like navy blue with some red trim. Yeah, Why did they change to that logo with the guy <laughs> holding the bat? I, I mean, they were the cool looking, you know. But once they they I, I give it to them when they switched, they went to the all black with mm-hmm. the with the the kind of medieval looking lettering with the, you know the socks. I can still see that. I mean, that they, 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 hey, I give they it. Haven't to them. changed their since uni, their unis looked cool. I mean, they haven't they haven't changed them since they they were right. changing for a while there. Uh, every now and then, and they, they had beauties that were almost up. Astros bad there when it was the the striped <laughs> ones with the set socks across the front, you know, and the big blocky lettering. Um, those were almost than the Astros and Padres bad. Yeah, oh. but they became like the, it was them and the I remember Raiders. Raiders was the, right. was a big one too. And L.A. Um, Kings, they they were all black and white. Yeah, 
Yeah, that so, was that was the scheme. Yeah, you just just you just kind of lived. You, you knew the. That's why it's funny, you know, because like we lived there, and everybody's, oh my god, you lived in Chicago. I was like, yeah, I saw I saw people get shot. So you know. Yeah, but it, it, it out of blown, it. yeah, it gets blown out of proportion by people who have never actually been there. They think it's just people getting killed every day that you just you just walking around right. like oh, another another shooting right in front of you. Yeah, they think it's like Al Capone days and guys <laughs> just walking around with Tommy guns, you know, doing St. <laughs> Valentine's Day massacres on each other all the time. Like every block you turn around, somebody might shoot you. No, it's, it's yeah. not it's not like that. Yeah, guys driving around in the you know the the old. The old twenties uh, cars with the suicide doors with Tommy guns hanging out the door. That's 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 just, that's Chicago. It's the Chicago way. Yeah, no, no. Uh, politicians who want to scare you make you think it's that, but it's not that. No, now it's just dudes walking around shooting at each other in alleys. And... I mean, I'm, okay, I'm yeah. I've stood out. You you saw someone get shot. I've stood out there on the corner with my girlfriend and watched somebody running across the street, just looking back at somebody and shooting, just. Randomly shooting. Oh, that's 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 where it gets to be. That's when you get like the the, the you know the innocent bystander type stuff. Right. You get the yeah, the kid walking home from school. Mm-hmm. You know, get or get standing shot. there with his girlfriend on the corner. Yes, right. But that <laughs> makes the news when the when the when the when the gangs kill each other. Nobody makes the news, and the police don't come because they don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, they'll send somebody the next day to come. You know, clean up the body. Pretty much, maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not a guarantee. <sighs> so yeah, it's 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 a, it's a crazy world we live in, but I guess my point was it was crazy when we were younger too. We just didn't have people yeah. on on social media telling you 24 hours a day how crazy it was. Yeah, I, I you, know, you know me, the, the whole social media thing. I mean, it it is yeah. the devil. <laughs> I I know. I know. Cuz nobody, nobody Stones to say the things they say on there to someone's face. Oh, never. They're all keyboard warriors. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I don't care how many I don't care how many uh, syringes and Ukraine flags you have in your bio <laughs> or in your in your screen name. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, then, yeah, you're, you're right. Then all the Controversial takes and all the stuff that they talk, they they do they do not walk down the street talking that shit to the people. They, nope. they just they don't do that. No. But that's, I, I, that's gotta, so I, I mean, I control just like with the best. I got to figure out how to get a a job. You know, I got to be one of these Twitter trolls, and get paid to do it or something. I don't have the. Uh, I don't want to ever take on that kind of stress because I could get engage with a lot of these opinions out here and I'm like, oh, you really don't know what the hell you're talking about. But I'm not going to go back and forth with some complete rando. Yeah, I, 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 you could just tell kind of by like the way we post on stuff. It's like usually I'm like arm's length on things. Except right. when I had my hot in my, my WNBA hot take and I got called a, a, a dick eater or dick rider or something. Yeah, 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 yeah something. <laughs> I, I, at that moment, I was like, I, I I have made it in the world of social media. That's like a badge of honor for me now. I've arrived. That and when I had one of my tweets liked by Nate Burleson. <laughs> you know, a D-list celebrity uh, from NFL Network. Uh, and it was on something else now. But he liked yeah, one he of my... 
when he was ABC, on NFL Network, I responded to one of the NFL Network posts, and he liked my response. There you go. I'm pretty sure it had something to do with Matt Ryan turtling on third downs. <laughs> I'm consistent. There you go. I, I had some comment liked by Rex Chapman, but I think he likes everything. Um, but that's my that's my biggest, most famous so far. Okay. Uh, well, but there you yeah, go. I'm. But you didn't flip burgers with Dave Dorson. Uh, no, I, I did not. It's still going to be I, the title of my autobiography. <laughs> Flip, flipping burgers with Dave Dorson. <laughs> yeah, people are going to look and go, what? What's he, talk, uh, what's he talking about? It, it, tell me that's not surreal. That, that, that's, that's out there. That's, that's one of those stories. In high school at McDonald's, and here I am in the grill, Harlem and Addison, working the grill, flipping burgers with Dave Doors, <laughs> literally right next to me, flipping burgers. And it wasn't like he that, that was he was buying a franchise. Yeah. Not that that's how far he had descended in life, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> Yes, like, make I'm, it bumming clear. Him, I'm bumming him five bucks. <laughs> Here you go, Dave. Clean yourself up. Um, no, I mean he was becoming a franchise owner, so you had to learn all the jobs, and they sent him right. to our store to to learn. So he had the manager get up on, right? So he had on the the blue shirt and the blue pants, and so he was the manager. But he was learning how to run the grill and learning how to run the register. And I'm literally standing in the kitchen making burger patties and flipping, training Dave Dorson. It's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. He was just, he was a guy, you know, just a guy. He was, you know, he wasn't like there doing anything. Nobody made a big deal about him being there. They weren't like bringing in, you know, people weren't taking pictures. It was just like, he was just Dave, you know? Right. Very unfortunate ending, but well, yes, yes. <laughs> After and and, uh, and one of our customers, uh, when we had our our uh, coffee shop up north, uh, was Richard Marks. Ah, he'll be right here waiting for you. That's right, because he played uh, shows at the casino once a year. Which tell you that's I, mean, I don't know if that's something that you put on the bio, but. <laughs> Usually when you start hitting the casino circuit, you know, you're sort of on the tail end. But, yeah, and he was he was one of our customers. He didn't look like you'd expect him to look like. Uh, he's kind of a little He didn't guy. have his hair all poofed out? No, just like a normal haircut. And, but, you know, we uh, he did something where he paid with something, and we needed the his ID. And, <laughs> shit, Richard Marks. Oh, okay, here. I'm Richard oh, Marks. Okay. And he would come in and he would buy because we had, you know, the internet stuff. We had the internet cafe and he would buy some time and go sit in the corner and nobody knew who he was. Uh, and we did not alert anybody to his, because he just looked like a regular guy. Like he didn't look like the big hair and all that stuff, like from you right. know the eighties and everything. He was just a guy sitting in the corner and he'd come in for the few, every year for those few days that he'd be there doing his shows and he'd come in and he'd sit in the corner and do stuff on his laptop. Buy a coffee. We're getting all the brushes with greatness tonight. But yes, I flipped burgers with Dave Dorson, and I made coffee for Richard Marks. I mean, I have a charmed life. 
you know, we, we can't all rub elbows with the, the highest of scores. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go Jay's so well. Brush for, uh, it didn't end so well for Dave Dorson. Was that a no. was that a suicide? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Again, it, he played football. You, that's what yeah. happens sometimes when you yeah. play football. He was a great football player. Yeah. Yeah, Super Bowl shuffle, baby. Yeah. Man. So that, that yeah, he was a living legend in the city of Chicago. He was. And you got the flip burgers with him. I did. I did. <laughs> Flipping burgers, I'm telling you, it's the title of my autobiography. Someday when go, I write I... The, the the great American memoir. Mm. <laughs> uh you know, I don't have any uh Anything to beat that? I, I got my spelling bee that I'm still living on. Hey, you know what? That's, that's the best thing I got. I'll never take it away from you. Or us, or us winning the the academic decathlon and Skinner. <laughs> Come on, we took out Whitney Young. That was you know a bunch of sixth graders taking out a bunch of eighth graders. Come on, that was a big deal. Uh, it, it was a big deal. But that I remember still, walking down the hall with that trophy. Oh yeah, with with Josh. All of us, the whole like everybody. I mean, all you know, and all just when we brought that thing back, and they, you know, right walking right down every hall, mm-hmm. uh, chanting "We're number one." That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> I just remember Josh because he introduced the the Vini Vidi Vici, which I had never heard of at the time. Oh so, yeah. We came, we saw, we conquered. So that was fun. Yeah, well, you were on was, that, right? Well, that, I was about to say it's still a little of a, of a sore spot with me that particular deal because I was oh. on the team, but then we started practicing and I wasn't keeping up with you guys, so I got moved to alternate. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So I, I remember. I remember. I was it, on the kind of not a yep, part of it. I was on the one where it was the tr- like the the challenge one where you had the teams where it was like Jeopardy, right? Yeah, we I, I, won, I, I won the, you know, I won the spot originally, but right. we started practicing, and it was like everyone else yeah. was getting their practice questions right, and then it would get to me, and it's like, uh, uh yeah, because I remember Ernest was on there, and he just destroyed them on the math one. Oh yeah, yeah, Ernest was the man. Yeah, so no, that was that was fun though, because that was you know, we were all you know, at least two years younger than everybody we were competing against because our school only went to sixth grade. That's right. And so, yeah, that was pretty crazy when to win those. Those were fun to go to, too. Oh, had a, had a blast at those uh, academic bowls and academic yeah, Olympics. Yeah, the academic decathlon. Because wasn't that a few years later when Whitney Young got busted for the cheating? <laughs> that was a, they did a I, movie about that. Really? I, oh I no, they didn't get busted. That was uh, Steinmetz got busted. Ah, that was that year that Steinmetz beat them. They made a movie about that, like a real, like real movie with like real Hollywood actors, and yeah, because that was when Steinmetz cheated because they got the questions. They beat Whitney Young, and the way that they portrayed the the Whitney Young kids was like super like hyper realistic, but really accurate. They were like they were all like these. Like like snobs, <laughs> like and overly arrogant. I'm like yeah, I mean we went there, we know <laughs> exactly. We're we're Whitney Young graduates, so we know all we about are... how arrogant they <laughs> we were. <know. laughs> no, 
Oh, yeah, that so wasn't Young that got busted for the cheating. It was it was Steinmetz that was got Steinmetz. busted for the cheating. Yeah, I remember they, that now because it's, it's yeah. like, how did Young get beat? Yeah, <laughs> like they had to have cheated, right? Right, and then you know, and then, you know, no matter what you look at, it's because they they cheated. They clearly did the wrong thing, but you know, they definitely highlighted the fact that you know Young was like predisposed to winning because the deck was stacked for them. Mm-hmm. So and it to was. have one of to just have a regular public school versus the magnet school win it was like this big black eye for them, and they just knew that this other team cheat well it turned out they were right because they were arrogant assholes <laughs> they knew, and we know because we were one i gotta of them. <laughs> I gotta find the name of that movie because you'd, you'd appreciate it because a lot of it was filmed on those locations like it was filmed at Steinmetz you see Whitney young in it it's actually and they don't like hide the names huh so it was like Jeff Daniels was in it oh, wow he's like a big name yeah so it's actually a good movie and of course it's got Chicago ties so of course. You know, it's funny because those were the two schools I went to because I was at Young and then I was in summer school the one year at Steinmetz. Oh, okay. So that's where I finished out my credits. So you're actually familiar with, with Steinmetz. I'm not familiar with, both with Steinmetz schools. at all. It's funny because I'm seeing, you know, the, the I've been in both because you know, Steinmetz was close to where I lived. So that's where they I went and finished out like, I don't know what I need. Like, I needed like, no joke, like a half a credit to graduate. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I went and got my half of like my gym credit. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know, all I needed. I needed a half a credit at gym. So I ran around the track 10 times every morning. And, um, that was what I did for one summer. That was fun. <laughs> but that it was funny because it's all filmed on location at these schools. I'm like, yeah, it's like that, that gritty Chicago West side feel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to find the name of that movie. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Every movie is streaming somewhere. Every old movie is, is streaming somewhere. Yeah, but the whole thing's about academic decathlon. Right. But it's also, it's it's how these kids all got the answers somehow and cheated. I, I got a small brush of fame from, from back in the school days as well from uh, my old, uh, when I went to Ogden, I'm, uh, I found my, friend Dan from Ogden uh, on Facebook a couple of years ago. And he informed me that one of our classmates went on to write for the onion, which I knew because I saw oh. his byline. Uh, but what I didn't know is that he wrote a, a novel at some point oh. and apparently uh, named two of his characters. Uh, I don't know about the names, but uh, modeled them or fashioned them after me and Dan after our friendship in, in Ed Ogden, which blew me out of the water. Like, why why would he uh, think of us and make a, a book and, and put us in there as, as two characters? Like, I didn't think our oh. friendship was that unique or or, or oh. stood out in any way, shape, or form except for the fact that... What he didn't that bother to tell you was that that book was Brokeback Mountain. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> why would he do that? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> oh, no. The uh, the only thing about Dan and, and me being friends was that uh, me being black and him being white and me being one oh, of the few so blacks edgy. in that school. Yeah. Well, at that at that time, at the, in oh, eighth okay. grade, 
when you're surrounded by nothing but white people, yeah, it, yeah. it was kind That's of sort of like me at Whitney Young because I was definitely in the minority <laughs> at that school. Yeah, um, again... I remember. <laughs> I remember. Was it sophomore year or freshman year? My uh, U.S. history class. It was Miss McHale. It was U.S. history. I was the only white kid in the class. Huh. And you know what? Nobody had a problem with me. I got along with everybody. But it, it wasn't a deal. You know, that's what was like cool about being in the city and look, growing up in Chicago and, and going to the schools like that. Nobody was, just, you know, there wasn't tension. Well, not at that school because it's a magnet school and there's also there was a lot of right. uh, racial. And I had friends there. in that. Like Ernest was in that class. Yeah. You know, I had friends in that class. It wasn't like, but, you know, I was the white guys and the black guys. No, it was just the guys, the friends. It was not, it's not like that school was, you know, 90% black and you were just trying to fit in. It was no. it was a very mixed up, uh, you know, it, it, it was, was a lot of Asians, a lot of Hispanics, yeah. a lot of everything. Yes, it was definitely a very diverse, but it was by on purpose that way. Yes. It's not like you went to Crane or Orr or something. That <laughs> You would have had a problem if you went there. I did go to Clemente. Oh boy, <laughs> that would have been an issue. Oh, I remember driving by there on the bus every day on the half, going up Ashland. You go right by Clemente. Woo! Yeah, well, I didn't yeah. go there. <laughs> that would have been a would have been an issue uh, with, with all the essays. Yeah, hey, it's not. It's not a show unless we sneak in a whole bunch of Chicago references. <laughs> Uh, and, and spilling all the way over uh, past into the after after show now. Yeah, so I, I can call it. I, I got yeah. I gotta put some some ointment or something on this finger because it's just Ugh. I don't know what's going on. It's like red. Yeah, that's Arthur. I I got Arthur too. Just uh, my sometimes my knee and sometimes my <sighs> toe and sometimes my elbow. And it just and... it just just goes away, huh? Yeah, right. And you know. Three or four days where I'm in agony, and then I'm fine. Yeah. I've been putting ice on it and just trying to, but nothing seems that ibuprofen doesn't do, because my wife's like, was like, I'm like, no, you don't understand, because it, like, the pain is inside. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can just put a cream on it or something. No, it's, 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 it's like it joints. hurts. So, yeah, right. It hurts somewhere you can't touch. Right. Yeah, and, and yeah. people people ask me at work, you know, every now and then I show up limping. Whoa, what happened to you? I, I'm old and I have arthritis. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I woke up and I'm hurting. That's that's it. Played a little, Nothing else played a little too much street football. <laughs> uh, in my in my case, no. I I woke up like this. That's all it is. There's nothing else to to, to talk about. I, <laughs> I woke up in pain. Oh uh, well, wait, that, that was three hours. And that was three hours plus. We had I'm to make up for, strong, for last week getting cut off. I'm glad I have a strong bladder. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll definitely let you take care of that then. Yeah. Uh, so five games we are uh, different on tomorrow, and we'll start off uh, bright and early in the morning with the with the game from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, and you've got the Saints. Go, go Red won. Rocket. Red Rifle, that's right. Man. <laughs> okay. I, I almost kind of just want to take one from you. I don't want. I just don't want to get swept again. That's all. I, I'll oh, figure no, everything no, no. else. You won't. You won't. I'll, I'll I think I'm everything. ahead of you. So when was the last time I was ahead of you at, at all? Oh, I'm sure you were up uh, early last year too. I'm, you know, 
I, you're definitely ahead of me because we were swinging back and forth for a while. Well, I, I re- yeah, because so I remember at one point last year I was down like 13 games or something, and then I got all the way back to even. Right, made them all up in like three weeks. Yeah, and then fell apart again towards the end. Yeah. Last year was wild, but yeah. hey, I'm up. Three weeks in. You're up now. You can you can celebrate. I'm, I'm I'm coming for you though. Eventually, I don't know when, but eventually. That's right. It might be tomorrow. I, I hope. All, All right. right. Hope everyone enjoyed this uh, extended version of the uh, football party, the extended dance remix, and we will be back next week to break down week four and get into week five of the NFL season, the second longest season ever, tied with last year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, It'll never another, end. Another 18-week uh, journey, and we're only four weeks in, and it's already absolutely batshit crazy. Go figure. Yeah, we, 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 we're about to be four weeks in. We haven't even right. – we four just started. Hey, but we, we got off a win. We started off 1-0. Yes, for the first time this year, we actually started off with, uh, with a dub on Thursday night. And so. uh, show note, October 21st is a Friday. That I will have to do the show that night because October 22nd, I am gone. But then, All otherwise, right. otherwise, this month is uh, pretty straight up and normal for me, except for that one weekend. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, clear on on, on that. I'm clear all the way through this, uh, like the second weekend in December. So I've actually only got a couple of times, uh, even this season coming up, where I would need to do a Friday show. Okay, that's that's good to know. So just uh-huh. so you know, heads up. Yeah, I'm, I don't know when we're going to be back at uh, my wife's uncle's house. Uh, I am kind of want to do that again with the microphone just to see if the connection is going to be that bad again. Hopefully it'll, it will clear up a little bit because uh, I really don't want to go to the phone because as, as we saw the last time I tried to use the phone, that's a really uh, hit or miss right there. Yeah. We'll see whenever that comes back up. But uh, for now, it looks like our next show will be the 8th of October next Saturday to break down week four and get into week five in the NFL. So again, hopefully you all enjoyed that and hopefully you all actually got to hear it clearly uh, despite your, your mother's uh, protestations. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening and enjoy your football tomorrow and come back and join us again next week, week five in the NFL. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>